Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I only know one truth. It's time for the podcast to end. Good, good, yes. But see, the joke is that this is the beginning. Of the podcast. Of the episode. And the podcast isn't going to end. It's not. It's 2018. It's an end of a year. It's coming. Yeah. This is the end. It's time for the podcast's year to, to end. end. After this episode is completed. And it's beginning now. A one-week Christmas break. Um... Hello, uh, <laughs> Mary Fennelmas. Happy Fennelka to all of you. Mm-hmm. I've been dropping Fennel from a lot of previous episodes, so I wanted to make it up here with, with some holiday greetings. We've been phoning in Ben's introduction. Let's be let's 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 put it on the table. Like, there's only so much time in the day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot out We've of me. We've been DMing it in. We've been aiming it in. Yeah. The thing people don't know is that when I start the introduction, we have um, a, a, a registered nurse come in and hook me up to an IV drip because I've started – there are a couple episodes where I pass out in the middle of doing Ben's introduction. Uh, yeah. And then no. we have to hold for like an hour or two to resuscitate yeah. me before yeah. we can finish talking about Hollow Man. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We talk about Hollow Man <laughs> in our Hollow Man episode. Also in the Basic Instinct episode. In most maybe. episodes. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Hi, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. <laughs> I'm Griffin. I'm David. Griffin Newman. Sims. My name is Griffin Newman and I rock Baby the mic. Sims and Baby I Sims. Also rock the mic. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast about filmographies. Uh, directors who have massive success early on in their career and given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. Okay. But uh, before that, before we uh, blossomed like a butterfly out of a cocoon, mm. our, our earlier larval state. Very larval. Yes. Highly larval. Was that of a, of a No Bits Pro Smiths podcast, a podcast about the Phantom Menace trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it became a trilogy, and we we were I'm loading up Wikipedia. We, Wikipedia. We, we we talked the wars. Yeah, we used to be a Star Wars podcast for like a whole year. We talked about the prequels for forever. We and were then war we boys. Tossed off some episodes about the original movies that are very uh, contentious and uh, I was going to say friendly and fun and light. <laughs> And uh, remember when we recorded all of those in like three days? I know. Well, you know what the other thing about that is, and just like look at look at how time passes. Okay, uh, when we recorded those episodes, I was retired. Right, I had retired from entertainment. Uh-huh. My career was over. Is that how? Like, what, what was that thing you were talking about? Voluntary, uh, involuntary celibacy. Oh, incel. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, you were like one of those ret. virgins who was, yeah, right. In okay. Ret. okay, go in ahead. Voluntary retirement. Okay, go on, go on. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I was going through a rough period where I was blacklisted from the industry uh, due to not being talented enough, <laughs> due to disinterest, <laughs> <laughs> complete lack of interest in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then somehow I, I, I got people to hire me. It's called the blank check bump, my friend. Thank you. That's what it's called. Well, and, and, and in the opposite direction. When we were recording our uh, episodes about the sequel trilogy, which of course is A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the sequels, right? Yeah. Um, we we were very stressed out because uh, we had not seen The Force Awakens yet. It was right before The Force Awakens came out. But a lot of your friends, 
your colleagues in the world of film criticism had seen it, right? And you had this irritation about the fact that like right. so I didn't close get and yet so press far. Screening uh, for Force Awakens two years ago, and you've slid like Giffield into the last two Star yeah. Wars movies early. Yeah. So so we saw fucking Force Awakens together for the first time. Right. It was fresh uh, for both of us. This, but uh, Rogue One. That. And now The Last Jedi, yeah. you're sitting there you. with me and with Ben, producer Ben, the Ben Deucer, the Poet Laureate, the Haas, Mr. Hositive, Mr. Positive, the Tiebreaker, Finest Film Critic, the Poet Laureate, Birthday Benny, the Peeper, the Fart Detective, good seats, the though. Meat Lover. We had really good seats. Reserve seating. Yeah. Soaking Wet Benny, White Hot Benny. I bought those tickets. That's uh, what I'm saying. Thank you. Benny, those seats. Yeah. Graduate to certain tolls over the course of different Mary Sutras. Uh, producer Ben Kenobi. Ben H. Shyamalan, Ben Say, Say Benny Thing, uh, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign, Warhaz, Purdue Urbane, and Ben 19, the Fennel Maker. And I reordered a little bit today because most relevantly, Kylo Ben. Oh, True. Yeah. Ben Solo. But really Kylo Ben. Really Kylo Ben. Really yeah, Kylo yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Kylo Ben. Um, I was there too, yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ben. Um, but but you As had seen it for a second time. You were, you were fucking old pro. Like, right. You knew your I, way around the movie. And the first time I saw it, which was three days earlier at the press screening, uh, which is not that much. But you it know. feels like a lifetime. Especially because I'm going, I'm logging on, and you and Esther Zuckerman and, and fucking Rylaws, you're throwing out inside jokes. Got porgs. Yeah. Porg jokes. Oh, you, inside porgs. You. Yeah. Uh, and I, it is... For one, the press screening audience was amped yeah. and really, really appreciative and loud and like laughing and clapping and like really into it. Whereas our, our audience, audience was, was a little bottled. They like cheered at like the movies, like two or three largest moments. But apart from yes. that, we're pretty much like quiet, right? Uh, correct. Um, but we also didn't have an uprising at our theater, unlike some theaters. Oh, wait, what happened in some theaters? Do you not know about this thing? An uprising. Okay. So, like, these theaters, you know, these multiplexes, every screen pretty much is devoted to Last Jedi so that they have yeah. a screening going on every 20 minutes, right? right. Yes. Because, yeah. like, we, we ended up chaos. We ended up sitting next to a friend, Patrick Cotner. We Patrick did. walks the walk, Cotner. Yeah. By total chance, he had the reserved seat next to he us. He reserved in row H. And in I theater assure six you, of the 34th Street AMC. I would not have let that happen like, on purpose. No, I was horrified. No, it was nice to see Patrick. <laughs> but, like, I ran into friends in the lobby and the escalator. Right. Yeah, yeah. We and I was like, are we in the same Blackman, theater? My friend, friend Stephen Kelly I saw in yeah. the escalator. And it was like, are you at the 1030? And he was like, no, I'm at the 10. 20. I'm at are the 1029. Right, right. Yeah, it was, you know, they're like this regular. Yes. So it, they're kept on a really tight clock because they're trying to squeeze as many showtimes as they can on every screen, right. running nonstop. Not only with that. With a long movie. Not only that, we weren't allowed into the theater like 15 minutes before it started. I think they were really they were letting out. like having the, the, the tight times, you know, between be really tight. They're bumper to bumper. Yeah. So some AMC with like 16 screens, I, I don't know what city it's in, okay? Sure. They, uh, one of the screenings, one of the like, you know, 1045 screenings where people have like bought their tickets fucking three months in advance and amped to see Star Wars, trailers around, everything's normal, movie starts, no sound. Yeah. Great. Zero sound. Just what sound. you want. So it's just like. Yes. I, I was doing For the, the Star Wars home, David's doing the crawl <laughs> and the, and the floating the Star title. Wars title silently. Uh, that's, God, that would be so upsetting. Right. Because you really need that, you know, brrr, you, yeah. need, you need that. So immediately immediate. everyone knows something's wrong. Right. But, right, but right. Uh, like, the sound isn't even, I would be bummed out if I didn't get that initial blast, but then the sound was turned on a millisecond after. Uh-huh. 
That would be bummed out too. But right, but, but they're they, going through the crawl and there's still so no sound. So within one minute, people are eating each other. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they start going out to the lobby and complaining, and they're like, uh, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." And they're saying, "Like, restart it." Yeah, of course. Restart the movie. Of like, course. We need to get off on a good foot. Yeah. Restart it. And they're struggling to figure out what it is. And it takes like 15 minutes where the film is playing now into dialogue scenes with no sound. Jesus. And like pe- some people are still in there watching this. But right? a lot yeah. of the crowd has come out and they're like mutiny. And also the first section of this movie is all sound. Correct. It's not, there's not like, dialogue is not what's, you know, matters here. Although you get some A plus Gleason whimpering. Oh. Gonna, we're gonna we're get, gonna get to, to all it. of it, but so they're they're out now chanting, and you have people with fucking swords, right? <laughs> with like laser swords, <laughs> they can cut through anything. Yeah, and they're like chanting, "Restarted, restarted, restarted." Oh These and poor like, AMC employees. Yes. And then this one fucking AMC employee comes out, and he yeah. goes like, "Okay, we've identified the problem. Sure, the sound is back on in the theater because most of the theater has now left that yeah, screen. Yeah, of course, right? Right, right, right. No right. one's like still in there because so we've identified the problem." The sound is back on. Unfortunately, we will not be able to restart the film. So <gasps> My can, jaw just dropped. We can refund your tickets, and you can pick a later showing. And it's like, but the fucking all of them are sold they're out. They're all sold out. Oh, my God. And, and there are videos online, but it led to police being called in. I'm not it surprised. It didn't turn violent, but the AMC employee, I think, was so terrified for his I'd well-being. Be, I would be terrified. I feel bad for the AMC employees, to be clear, because I also feel they bad didn't for really the, ask for this. I feel you know? bad for the cops who showed up and then just saw a bunch of kids in, like, X-wing suits going, like, <laughs> yeah, they're just chanting, restart it. This isn't a police matter. <laughs> Did you see my favorite tweet uh, about Star Wars? Which one? Uh, about the town? Uh, no. There have been so many great. Everyone's been out there on their A game, being funny. Yeah, but uh, shout out to Ben Meckler who has my favorite tweet thread. Oh, that one's good. I won't about spoil it for Vidalia you. Onions. Okay, Google Ben Meckler. <laughs> Vidalia Onions. Uh, this is from thread. Dan Klein. So fucking annoyed. Crowd at my last Jedi screening wouldn't stop chanting the town, the town, over and over again until the theater buckled and played Ben Affleck's The Town instead. That's a joke about the restarted thing, though. Because the restarted thing That's why I'm bringing it up, yes. (laughs) The town. Yeah. But you watch the video of all of them, like, swarming, like, the lobby surrounding this, like, 18-year-old AMC general manager, and it feels like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Like, it feels like... All right. Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. All right. But we saw it at the 34th Street AMC, which is pretty mediocre theater. It's a, a real middle-of-the-road multiplex. Yeah, and the seats are really bad. Yeah, bad seats. Awful. I mean, like, our seats were, like, our yeah. view was fine, but, like, those seats are just cruddy. Which is also fascinating because it's it's a relatively recent theater on the grand I, scheme of things. It was yeah, opened in, like, 2003, 2004. It was. I think AMC is just revamping theater by theater. You yeah. know how the 20, you know, the Times Square one's nicer now? Right. And uh, I maybe think this one just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, also, it's maybe newer, because it's the newest quote, of the quote, AMCs that it's now the last in line to be renovated. But God, it certainly isn't looking great these days. No. It's also this annoying theater where the bathrooms are on a different floor. Well, that's theater. the so worst thing about time. it. Although those bathrooms are appreciably massive. They're great. Um, but yes. Yes. IMAX bathrooms. Um, but we we saw it there. Yeah. And uh, we watched the movie. So that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Oh, no, no. I wanted to just say what I thought of the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, good. 
Yeah, I liked it. Good. Okay, so all now right. we're done? No, yeah. I, I liked it too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Cool. No, it's the song. Everyone knows the song. All right, but wait, wait. Can I propose something? Can I propose something? All right, we, so we did our ending song, but can we just do a postscript where we like go in a little more depth? Well, this is like at the end when we like sometimes Ben will slip in the outtakes. Yeah. Okay. All right, so this is the postscript about the movie. Name just a little of the more depth. show is Blank Check. You know, a lot of people are like, great, they liked it. Swipe, delete. <laughs> but you know, if you just want a little more depth, this is the uh, this is the postscript, right? Sure. <laughs> ben. Not interested in my bits. So let's, no, it's fine. It's fine. Let's get into it. This is like the eighth time Ben's recorded with us in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right now we've recorded the entire Verhoeven miniseries plus bonus episodes. Correct. Uh, and like palate cleansers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We've already started our next miniseries, which we haven't announced yet. Yep. We're like fucking zooming. We're at hyperspeed, baby. A few parsecs ahead of everyone else. Correct. Well, you know, we are connoisseurs of context. And so it's important to note, we saw this Thursday night. David, but you had seen, it, seen twice. it before. We've so, seen right. it once. I, I, I did not have, the first time I saw it, I was really on edge. Yeah. Really, this movie really, like I was, I don't know if you were, you you seemed very into it. I was sitting next to you. You well, were doing a lot of like thumbs upping and a I'm lot of I'm not a very like, anxious person. You know, I'm, I have a cool, You definitely were doing a lot of like moving around and like. Yeah, like yeah. At one point, on, I noticed you laughing at at me doing a jag of scratching different parts of my yeah, body yeah, yeah, for yeah. forty five continuous seconds. It was pretty funny. I literally did like. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was like that. Yeah. I had Esther next to me, who I uh, would grab a lot. I, sure. I feel uh, where Esther and I, I feel, are close enough. Maybe Esther disagrees that I can grab her shoulders in emotionally taxing moments of the Last Jedi. I don't like talking during movies unless I have a really good joke. Oh, yeah, like that one time you well, don't, leaned over save it, and you save it, save it, said, it's Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, that was a really good one. <laughs> Where you pointed at Luke Skywalker and said, that's Luke Skywalker. Okay, I thought you were going to spoil my other joke. No, no, no my your other joke, joke of all time. Don't, do. Yeah, thank you. That's fine. Uh, I slapped you a couple times and no, I I'm pointed at the slapping. screen and then I said, it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, um, but the no, first but, time I was really freaked out, the yes. second time I was a little more like... My, my point is, my communication method or when I'm watching movies and I don't want to get into long conversations is is to thumbs up at the screen to like show approval to the movie. Um, right, yes, I, I like yes, what you're yes, doing yes, right now. Yes, yes, I do yes. a lot of thumbs up in. I, um, I just feel, especially with these movies, the first time I see it, I'm so nervous about literally just capital W, what is going to happen? You know well, what I mean? I felt that during uh, Force Awakens, yeah. but, I, but I was more assured knowing that you liked the movie, that our sure, friends so liked it's like, the movie. It's not like halfway through, someone's just going to like poop and they're going to be like, right. the poop is the Jedi right. or something. I don't know. I was trying to um, think of like a terrible thing. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, th- I mean, that would be kind of actually rad if that happened in the yeah, middle of the film be good. but um, you know it, it, the critical response has been so positive and even like David Ehrlich who does not like the Star Wars films thinks sure. they do not rise to the level of He's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> you know uh, a take that no one has ever had any problem with no, everyone's happy on our it. podcast it's exactly. not something that message boards are still complaining about months later as if we it's love a you, relevant David. we're gonna thing. have you back soon yeah Ehrlich's gonna be on very he's soon. listening uh, and I, I'm sure all of you are gonna love that episode yeah but um, but he loved it so I was like oh man this seems to be like a Star Wars movie that everyone's gonna get behind and in the last 24 hours since it's come out a lot of, lot of oh, conflicting boy. opinions this movie is divisive although yeah. I have been struggling to parse the difference between what seems almost like organized from a very vocal, you know, sort of 
part of the Star Wars online fandom. It's like Like this sort of like almost like campaign-esque, like that was bad, that was bad, let's push that out right away. Which is reminiscent of a lot of these fandoms, you know. Well, that's what our culture these days is all about, like very, very loud vocal minorities waging wars on things. Uh, With these complaints of things like it's too funny, it's too wacky, but also, which we'll get into, and this is going to be a... Spoiler. Uh, spoiler heavy episode, obviously. So. Yeah, and also right now we're at the end of the episode. Like we're already in like the post roll, like True. bonus content of the episode right. that has ended. So who cares? Exactly. Uh, who cares? No one's listening right now. Yeah. I really think that I really, really genuinely think no one's listening to this episode. Zero people. No one's interested. No. Um, uh, that that there's, I think a lot of people had a lot of ideas of where this story yes. was going to go. Uh-huh. And they were surprised at Ryan to writer director Ryan Johnson's perhaps like sort of, you know, story choices, his disinterest maybe in a couple of characters, bold, especially bold story character in particular. Yes. I, and I, you know, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Oh, uh, interesting. I do. I don't know if I think it's a great movie yet. Oh, well, I totally think it's I know a great you movie. do. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot. Oh my God. Um, listen to this shit. I'm still stewing over it. I definitely need to see it more times. I'm to, stewing to over you. More fully. I'm gonna make you into. No, stew. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a good movie. Uh-huh. Um, I'll say this unequivocally. Yeah. It leaves me really excited about the future of Star Wars. That's fine. That's cool. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I maybe had a more visceral, sort of charged experience watching Force Awakens, but Force Awakens is like a movie that's all about trying to just be like, you love Star Wars. Yeah, and also, but also like, meet these people. That's right. what Force Awakens is all about. Like, but in all my conversations about Force Awakens since then, my thing's always been like, okay, but where do they go from here? You right, know? Right. And this makes me feel like Star Wars is evolving into something. Uh, with a future. I, with get, a future. I get what you're and saying. And something new and, and adapting for the times I, and not I, just being a, a revival tour. I'm really worried about something. What? I had much more hope for the future of this franchise when Colin Trevorrow was at the helm well, established the I mean, look, of episode nine. You got two good entries. How do you close out a trilogy? You need a visionary. You called you the need captain. Uncompromised. <laughs> captain Colin. Well, I got him. <laughs> Griffin like fell down. <laughs> captain. You call the captain. You go make it happen, Captain. You say make it happen, Captain. And then Colin Trevorrow, it turned out he was too good a director to make Star Wars episodes. And that nine. is the problem. And let's make Kathleen it clear. Kathleen Kennedy here. approached him and just said, Colin, with tears in her eyes, like, I can't make you do this. You're too good. This is this is exclusive. We're gonna bust this open right here. Scoop troop. I feel mean. Get out your ice cream scoops because here's the story. She saw the book of Henry and she just was like, no. Yeah. She said, I don't want to make a movie that's a masterpiece. No, I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm here to make product. I'm here to push product, Colin. There's the door. Yeah. So that's what happened. And that's why Colin's off the. So we have J.J. Abrams for episode nine. And yeah, I'll be fine. But it's just. uh, Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, It it does leave me excited. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about. Give you the crawl. Yeah, well, no, I want, I want to talk about, I want to ask you about two things before that. Okay. You used a term today in your run of tweets responding to the weird backlash. Mm. What, what I believe you called middle of center film Twitter? Left uh, of center film Twitter? Uh, right of center film okay. Twitter, sorry. Can you explain to me what this is? Okay, so I saw a tweet from Ross uh, Duthat, and I forget, you know, the guy, he's a New York Times op-ed okay. columnist, and he likes to write, he's, you know, he's a... 
political op-ed columnist who's very whatever. He's and you say you're Times. saying that's what his voice he talks like. No, okay. he he's an Atlantic alumnus, I should say. Okay. But uh, you know, but uh, he he writes about pop culture too, right? Uh-huh. Like he likes to have takes, and he's oh, a so conservative. A little competition is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I'm really aware. No, yeah. he's a conservative columnist. Okay. Oh, I'm listening. Yeah. But young-ish. Ooh. <laughs> Ish. I mean, I yeah. think he's... Anyway, uh, and he tweeted... Young conservative, like, like 61, you know, 62. So, yeah, right. so I'm waking up, and I'm just looking at my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I see someone quoting him saying, and here's his tweet, impressively strong anti-Last Jedi consensus among right-of-center film Twitter. And now he says, I haven't seen it, so uh-huh. I'm going to have to weigh in. Which, look, I love think pieces from people who haven't seen movies. One of my absolute favorites. But he's highlighting people again on this sort of, and I guess it's sort of like this kind of like, they're not even all film critics, but like right wing uh, or, you know, sort of soft right to middle right wing pundits and people like Kyle Smith of National Review and Sonny Bunch of the Free Beacon. So right of center literally means politically right leaning people who are adjacent to film Twitter. Right. And so I sort of click around and look at all these guys pieces that they all wrote. And then I think about the movie and I posted what I thought was something that was definitely not snarky at all where I was like, I wonder why right of center film Twitter didn't like it. Mm, Scratching my chin. Yeah. Uh, Well, these are the same people who felt that uh, Rogue One was an attack on the Trump administration because it features space Nazis, which let me say it again. I remember that. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you're watching a movie and you feel that the space Nazis who are depicted the exact same way that those space Nazis have been depicted for 40 years of a film franchise— Maybe they're not making fun of you. Maybe you've become a space Nazi. It's that uh, the thing in Justified where it's like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you meet an asshole. He might be the asshole. You meet assholes all day. You you might might be be the the asshole. asshole. (laughs) Maybe you're a space Nazi now. All right. Anyway, so that's what I was referring to. What was the other thing you wanted to say? Um, Well, so so speaking of this, Mm -hmm. there is uh, a Star Wars merchandise website that I frequent. Um, that I uh, have strong moral uh, objections to. Ben and I just looked at each other with what I can only describe as dread. You did. And <laughs> Resigned dread. Get ready for the merchandise spotlight coming because it is, I'm, I'm going to do a fucking tutorial. I That's mean, great. I can't wait to kill you. I'm not just going to describe something. I'm going to do a presentation. I can't wait to commit the sin of murder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, this website uh, sucks. They have really good photography. Do you and want to say the name of it, or are we not? Uh, I'm wondering whether or not to encourage. Right, okay, okay, Jedi Jedi Temple Archives. Okay. So I mean, he's purporting that he's sort of like the fucking Jocasta new of of the Star Wars. Everyone's favorite character, right? You know, um, but but he's sort of uh, he's got a good database of merchandise, but he like lords over the other rival Star Wars sites. He wants to be in good graces with Big Hasbro, you know. Uh-huh. Which, mind you, Hasbro's England to buy out Mattel, can, can you make which this is the fast. Disney Fox of the toy yeah, world. Right. Can you make which this no fast? No one's talking hey, about. We need to talk about the hey, movie. Jesus he's Christ, he's a toy boy. Let him go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It's just like we're leading with this. What's up? What's up with Jedi Temple Archives? Hasbro buying Mattel would be a monopoly, and it would. It would I don't care. What's up? Create moral conflicts within the entire toy industry. Yeah. Uh, this guy has been on. He loves Star Wars. He loves the merchandise. He's even a, a decent prequel defender, right? But he has been staunchly anti-Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars. Okay. And he always cites her as being the person who owns this Star Wars, this incarnation of Star Wars, 
and is always referring to the agenda that she's trying to push with her movies. Oh, this sounds bad. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not racist. I just think, you know, if you're going to put people of different races in movies, you shouldn't make a big deal out of it. It should just be normal. I hate this shit. Which is okay, what these right. fucking we're, movies We're going to move past this really so fast unless you have he, something else yes, to say. No, he's been really against fucking hated Force Awakens, hated Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. He's been shit-talking Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. When all the good Last Jedi reviews came out, he found the one that was bad and was like, well, some people don't like it. Sure. I was ready for this guy to take it down. And he really liked it. Yeah, he liked it. I was just and looking he, at his review. And he's pretty much like a right of center, like yeah, fucking this, Star Wars okay, dude. Same, same type guy. So it is interesting to me that I don't think it's just a political ideology thing. I, I think it is. He's challenging our relationships with Star Wars. I agree. Which I think is definitely the most challenging, powerful element of this movie. Into, I yes. would say. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I unquestionably like about this movie. The other thing I like about this movie is like sort of Right, like the beginning part where there's the Lucasfilm logo mm-hmm. through to the credits. Those are my favorite parts of the movie. I'm not going to weigh in on things I think don't work because they're still stewing in my brain. There's some I things where I'm, I'm, I'm batting around my thoughts on execution. But I think— I'm going to execute you. I know you will once we get to the merchandise spotlight. Oh God. But I do think—I like everything this movie is saying. I like everything this movie is doing. All right, we're doing the, we're doing the uh, crawl. Okay. Da, 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 Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. I'm going to sing it and you read the cross. Da, 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 Star Wars. I'll turn his mic down. Thank you. Uh, the First Order reigns. Griffin, what do you think of that first line? Yes, cool. Keep it going. <laughs> Usually you offer opinions on the thing, on the crawl as we go Wait, through. I'm going to save it up for when it counts. Having decimated the peaceful decimated, republic. Decimated, oh, fuck! Having decimated the peaceful republic, Supreme Leader Snoke now deploys the merciless legions. Okay, now at this point I'm going, Snoke, could have used less of that guy in the previous movie. Are we going to go heavy on Snoke? I'm saying, I'm playing the role of me at this point watching the film. Understood. I got a little brain, because I think Snoke is dumb. I don't know what I'm about to be taught. Very true. Uh, Deploys the merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Leia Organa's band... Still cool. Get excited every time I hear that title. Band of resistance fighters stand against the rising tyranny, certain that Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return... Another cool title. ...and restore a spark of hope to the fight. I like spark of hope, but it's a pretty straightforward crawl. I'm not done. But the resistance has been exposed. As the First first Order speeds towards the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a desperate escape. Dot, 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 dot. Now, I like the word desperate because I like stakes. Yeah. And this is a thing that I think Ryan Johnson does really well in this movie, which is keep the resistance with their backs up against the wall. Correct. They're up against the wall, and they just, you go, oh, that's the last wall. And then he breaks through the wall, and he puts them up against another wall. Todd Vanderwerf pointed out that this uh, the, the this sort of fleeing plotline is somewhat 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 vaguely related to the uh, episode thirty three of Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica. It's one of the greatest ever episodes of television. Okay, I've only seen the miniseries. Um, okay, well you're a big old poop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I you seem also really happy love this. With me this episode. I love you so much. I'm really into this movie. Mary Fennelmas. Uh Yes. Sharpening uh, a knife, folks. Yeah. Yes, I am. Big old steak knife. Um, no, you know, and like that, I love, yes, that the fleet is what we can see. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's contained. A bunch of ships. That's all we got at this point. Right. Because, um, you know, some people have that complaint about Force Awakens. Like, that's what's like, the infrastructure of these two 
faint. We're, we're jumping in in media yeah, res, yeah, yeah. and the first order and the resistance have both been launched and are at cruising altitude. Right, but like, but where did this come from? Explained. Who's running it? Right. Who's yeah, bankrolling yeah. it? Right, and now I, you have a better like the resistance was you know. Something that I didn't think about. If we, you know, the the Republic was not allowed to have an army because right. of how that went last time. Badly, not good, not good, no good. Very, you know, bad. the Don't whole problem of them having an army was that when the Emperor just went like, by the way, we're an empire now. Yeah, then he had an army to enforce that with. You know, yes. so no army, right? So they had to take out like a lot of bank loans to cover like a lot of clones. This is true. Now, Sifidius was deep pockets. Deep, yeah, but then pockets. he fucking died and deep, left them with the bill. Deep pockets. He stuck them with the bill. They called him deep pockets. Cipher. He like put down a deposit. Cipher deep pockets. Well, he did have the deepest pockets in the galaxy. We all know that. Yes. But uh, then he died. He did die off screen. We never met him. Yeah. He never existed. So anyway. he's probably still alive with my grandma and TC fourteen. All true. TC fourteen just off the top of the not in the movie. Not in the movie. Okay. Let's. Can I run down a couple of people who aren't in the movie? Yeah. TC fourteen not in the movie. No. Jimmy Smith's not in the movie playing any character. Unfortunately. Watto, not in the movie. No. Gragra, not in the movie. Mm, not that we know of. Uh, Dexter Jetster, uh, not, not in the movie. Not, not in the movie? He's, I'm, I'll say this. He's not not in the movie, <laughs> but, but he's, he's also, also not, not in the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Porgs, in the movie. Gorgs, not in the movie. No. They're, that's an episode nine thing. Gorgs? Yeah, Gorgs. Yeah. They'll come back. Yeah. Uh, episode nine's Rise of the Gorg. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Armand Asante, not in the movie. Really? He wasn't one of the foxes? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought so, too. Uh-huh, but then you checked the Because the bone structure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, are you done? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> the heating's been off in my apartment for two days, and I'm yeah, losing my mind. He's just a homeless person right now. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how else to describe this. Down to your Dunkin' Donuts all uh, coffee. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we've got as the, the movie opens, not a shot of a spaceship going overhead, Mm-mm. not a shot of a spaceship sort of silhouetting a planet. No, which no. is what Abrams went for. We go into this like crash zoom mm-hmm. uh, onto the Rebel fleet. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. IMO. Yeah, David's holding out his fist. And Williams is uh J J Dubs yeah. is going wild right away. I, I don't know if you but I've been listening to the score a lot. I haven't yet. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Uh, look, I'll say it didn't pop to me in the first viewing, but the same thing happened with Force Awakens, which I now think is a great score. Amazing score. Yeah. Obviously, this is borrowing a lot of his, much like the original sequels. He's yeah. using a lot of the themes he sets up in the Force Awakens. You know, yes, yes. And mixing them around and mm-hmm. you know, doing so we, we're crashing in on the mm-hmm. Rebel fleet. Yeah, you're not, you're no response to this. No, I'm into it. I, I'm, I'm letting you, you've seen it twice. You got a better Crashing in yeah. to the Rebel fleet. All yeah, right, this right. cool, cool okay. stuff. Yeah, so like the them. opening sequence is a big space battle. And the, the resistance fighters, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, a big space battle, and very quickly we see a cool X-Wang. And who's that little head poking out of the back? Well, it's our old friend... Bobby Bertram eight. Uh huh. Well, we also are seeing the the people that the rebels are the resistance is leaving this planet. Yes. And there's that great shot of Billy Lord looking at the sky. Oh yeah. And you see the star destroyers arriving by hyperspace in the sky. Yeah. Pretty cool. A lot of Billy Lord in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked her with her little her little cinnamon buns. Yeah, she's got little sort of. Uh, cinnamon bumps right like not like a cinnamon but like a box of Entman's like yeah like donut holes little donut holes yeah um yeah what is her character called uh, Connix 
Is that right? I think it's Connix. I believe it's Connix. I think the name of the character. Correct. I nailed it? Yes, Cadel Coconix. I, mean, I was going to say I nailed it on the first try, but technically that was like a hyper try because I guessed five times in one go. Uh, but she's, yeah. All right, so yeah. So big space battle, right. And we yeah. were with Poe. Uh-huh. He's in his X-Wing. Yeah. And he's taken on this dreadnought ship. There's another resistance woman who we get a lot of in these scenes. A in lot the A-Wing? Yeah. Yes, right? No, there's that woman with a lot of schnoz. There's oh, a woman she's, with a She's on nose. the main ship. Yeah, right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying her and Connix are kind of the two like point people when we need like exposition or we need like a human reaction shot to what's going on. Uh, yeah, here, I want to call up that actress's name. Uh, who is she? Because she just feels like a very Star Wars-y actress. I, I, she does in that she strikes me as like some kind of like esteemed British stage actress, right? right? Like, right, who just has like a good face. Fuck, who is she, though? Why do I not know? Connix? I'm guessing maybe Connix is her character's name. Connix? <laughs> you, you know, you hit once with that, but... Uh... Now I'm feeling good about my odds. <laughs> Send me to Canto Bite, baby. I'm on a roll. Um, okay, so, yes. You can describe this better than I can because you've seen it twice. I'm still trying to remember. Amanda but... Lawrence is the actress's cool. name, and she's playing Commander Daisy. Okay. Uh, she's cool. Yeah, anyway. But uh, no, it's uh, right. Poe is stalling for time. There's this big dreadnought ship. Yes. Sort of like a new Star Destroyer thingy. I don't yeah. know. It's like a big, it's got big cannons. Yeah, but I mean, I major props right off the bat. This movie has no Death Stars. Yeah, no, true. Zero Death Stars. Yes. It does have big guns. But it doesn't feel the need to eviscerate planets to create stakes, which I like. I uh, also yes, felt right. like this movie, maybe for the first time, at least for me, I was able to grasp more how the battle is going to go. Like the, yeah. the strategy of The it. military strategy it, element it of it. It felt way yes. more clear. I actually That's was I like, oh, they're like right. battleships. That's kind of what I mean about the uh, the thirty the Battlestar Galactic thing. Right. Yeah, where it's like we're really... They've never like even thought about like shields before in any kind of major well, this way. This movie also gets into like war Range. profiteering and oh, stuff, oh, it's which so like good. I think Guys, is really this movie cool. Is fucking great. It's a good movie. Um, but yes, you know, like there was all that like fucking jerk off talk when Rogue One came out, which I don't know if you know this, but this Star Wars movie is a war movie. Well, right. I mean, I think that was more what Gareth Edwards's pitch was, and right. then that, that got was sort like, of smoothed out. Right. Yeah. It was really just in the aesthetics of like how he shot it and how he choreographed the fight scenes and all of that. But this is a movie that's actually like more concerned with the sort of like the DNA of war uh-huh. than any Star Wars movie I think has been before uh, and showing how wars are actually fought in boardrooms and in fucking I know like, what you mean yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah no I know what you mean I mean right I, I think this movie is uh, or one of the main pulses of this movie yeah which is something I'm trying to write about is that uh it's like about like what the rebellion actually is rather than just the good guys. If that yes. makes sense. Like about the like the motivation behind like being a rebel. Yeah. Uh, rather than just being a good guy. That's also, but look, that's the cornerstone of Star Wars. The reason it's connected over all these years is it's about these choices we make with kind the power we have. Of. I think this movie is way more interested in that than most of the Star Wars movies. I agree, but I think he's honing in on something that's elemental, you know? I mean, it's, I it's that, so. that My balance. argument is kind of not that. So now I'm the worried it might take us bad. Thing. I don't know. No, I, I, it's just like, the rebels have always just been the good guys. Yes. And in this, that's not really true. They are good guys. Uh-huh. But he wants, he wants them to be rebels. Like, he, this sure. is a movie about, like, the value of being in a rebellion rather than being a good guy. Because Finn's a good guy, but in, when this oh, movie yes, begins, he is not a rebel. He was never really a rebel. 
And this movie, you know, his arc especially is let about me, him accepting the concept then. of like being a rebel. Let yeah. me finesse my point. Please. What I think the Star Wars movies are about are what makes a person good, what makes a person bad. Uh, yeah. And I think this film is very interested in that. You know, yes. the act of choices well, we make, our actions versus our words, you know, those sorts mm. of things. Mm. And this movie like really doubles down on that in a much messier way, which I love. Agree. I love well, all yeah. the politics of this movie. Uh, all right. So big space fight though right first he's just like here we go baby let's watch poe dameron be like a badass dog fighter who's like better than everyone else and and can do it just on pure like ego alone i think regardless of where you stood on force awakens i think everyone had the exact same criticism love it or hate it everyone walked out of that movie with the exact same criticism which was not enough poe dameron sure because he was kind of a character that was almost added midway through the movie like he wasn't supposed to live and he then was, they right. were like oh we're going to keep you around but he doesn't right and then you got fucking lot. Oscar Isaac you got like a, a fucking supernova yep. you know so so this movie knows we got an ace up the sleeve we're going to play it and we're so going to So you were happy well. you were giving a lot of thumbs up to I love him he's one Oscar of my best Isaac. friends I've ever had <laughs> Have you been reading the Poe Dameron comic book No it rules I don't it read rules. these things I haven't been reading the Star Wars comics as thoroughly as I should but the Poe Dameron comic I cannot recommend enough Charles Sully right it and it characterizes him really well because I think Poe Dameron's a really interesting inversion and deconstruction of Han Solo uh-huh. because Han Solo's whole thing is acting like he doesn't give a shit and Poe Dameron totally gives a shit and wants you to know how much he gives a shit he gives a shit he wants to be a hero but he's also still maybe a little too obsessed with the performative aspects of being a well, hero as Leia puts it yeah so beautifully in a line that I assume was written by Carrie Fisher because apparently she wrote most of her own lines. Cool. Get your head out of your cockpit. Yeah. Um, that's a real Carrie Fisher, Joe. That, yeah. It's so good. I think. Yes. I think that's the kind of thing some fans are annoyed about, though. I, some, like, why is yeah. Leia making a cock joke? I have problems with certain comedy moments, which we'll get to later. Oh, I have problems with no comedy moments. I know. Moments. You love everything about this movie. We Correct. Get it. Except for one thing. What? I don't know. I'll think about Too it. Too short. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it too short um, he takes out the dreadnoughts um, no I was just, just going to say just so I can recommend this yeah. a lot of times when you read like the comic book adaptation spinoffs <laughs> of movies it feels like fucking fan fiction <sighs> yeah yeah uh-huh. the characterization Poe Dameron's so good it actually made me love the character right. even more going we into this talk film about the movie. we're talking about it right it's now it's two and a half hours long so uh, Poe is kind of doing that bit with the commander. Yes. Yes. So funny. Yes. So it's basically, oh, yeah, he's, like, that. he's like communicating with, uh, he's doing a real, can you hear me now? Yeah, exactly. So funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. He, it's great comedy. He gets 10 comedy points. Hawks even reluctantly gives him the comedy points. Yes. Uh, very well. 10 okay. points. Your favorite character. <laughs> he, all right. So Hux is there. He's on the, he's not on the dreadnought. He's on like whatever the lead right. ship, but he is, as you noted, he's been made up even to be look a little pastier, and his eyes have like eyeliner on them. Like and he's some got kind like of red liner. bags. Yeah, like, like, and he's doing full grimace, and his voice is even Weasleyer. He's just so resonant in 2017 to me. Yeah, that character where you like even in 2015, which he was very funny in, and he's doing the same bit, which is yeah. like you know this sort of almost a parody of the right the British villain, right? I also, uh, he's yeah. so like that's the guy. That's the little red pill guy. I find all of Star Wars so resonant in 2017 because this whole thing about the dark side, whether they take the form of the First Order, or the Sith, or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. The Empire. Okay. It's these guys who are like actively choosing to be bad. Uh-huh. Like we have a lot of villains in, in film franchises who think they're doing the right thing. 
Right. Hux right? is bad. Hux likes to be bad. Which is like these fucking red pill guys we're dealing with where they're like, I, I want the fucking power. Right. And, and I'm, I'm going to choose to play the, the bad shit thing. Heel. That's my opinion on that. I'm Mike you know? Chernovich, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. fucking own you hating me. Um, but I just love Hux. I love him. We yeah. got married. You did. Spoiler Congratulations. Alert. And my apologies to Joanna. I could have stopped it. <laughs> they asked if I had any objections. What do they, you know, one light fighter. He yeah. just, every line, With he just. this wing ring, I did the way. God, I can't <laughs> fucking bad. talk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Poe takes out the cannons on the dreadnought. BBA yes. helps out. He like zaps his own head for a second, right? So oh, yeah, that's this- cool when he's inside the guts of the thing mm-hmm. and he stretches his head out like Inspector Gadget. And also Again, another funny bit with like plugging up the holes in the, the dams. Yes. But it's like it said circuits. I'll say all of this comedy I'm totally into. Okay. Uh, and then so the, the bombers come in. You yeah. got this big bomber run, big lots of dog fighting. It's the first oh. space battle we've had in these sequel movies. It's but this great. is when we have, what's her name? Uh, Rose's sister. Rose's sister, whose name is Tico. Paige. Paige Tico. Uh, Tico is their last name. Yes. Um, um, played by R- Veronica Ngo, Ngo okay. I think. Uh, yeah. I, an excellent, nearly silent performance. I, I mean, I... Yeah, it's so good. I think that's great. It's really good. People in our audience were groaning, but I mean, it is sort of uh, wrenching, I guess. I think it was more that. The, the, you know, like, you know, her sort of. But I love that whole sequence feels like the fucking, like like the baby carriage in Battleship Potemkin or something, you know? Um, she has to activate these bombs to take out the dreadnought, which yeah. is Poe's big, like fucking all or nothing. Yeah, all he's like, in we gotta move. do, it. we gotta take this thing out. And Leia's like, come on, fucking cool. Leia's thing is, like, is too we high. did what we were supposed to do, which is like stall for time so that we could all flee. And there's a great bit of really just effective, simple visual storytelling because I think Ryan Johnson's best at just sort of just economic, concise, fucking punchy, um, you know, uh, information uh, told visually. But when Leia looks down at the monitor and sees oh. all the ships with the X's over them, mm. and it looks like a battleship mm. board, you know? I love that he just holds on to that tech, you yeah. know, from the original movies. This yes. sort of look of it, the yeah, like wireframes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Carrie Fisher was a, an actor of enormous empathy. And uh, you just see the pain of, like, every one of those people matter. These are not just ships that went down. It's, I agree. It's so good. Uh, but meanwhile, Paige is in there trying to— set off these bombs and she has all sorts of hijinks with the remote control which slips out of her hands mm-hmm. and you get this moment where she kind of makes this decision wordlessly right beautifully acted that she is going to sacrifice herself right. she's she laying will. on this sort this of catwalk right. she all she can do at this moment is kick. choose to use her remaining energy to kick to get right. the remote right. to set off the bombs which she does and she dies a hero yes and and the, we see she has this uh, piece of jewelry this sort of medallion half thingy. of like a friendship right right exactly uh, that she's charm holding necklace yes uh, this is the first time we saw the inside of that ship, too. Mm-hmm. It's like huge rows and stacks of bombs. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, so, so oh, a victory. But oh, Poe right, Dameron's right, coming right. in like all fucking Dameron, coffee. there's this great shot of his X-Wing flying into yeah. the uh, transport, like, and like, and stopping and landing really fast. And he, yeah, he's just like... Dreadnought down. Like, right. we did it. Right. And Leia's like, fucking. No, she slaps him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. demoted. Cool your jets. Like, yeah, people come on. are dead. You right. took out a dreadnought. Who this cares? It's time to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, also, we see Hux get, like, uh, face planted by a giant General Snokehead. 
Yeah. That's his punishment. Yeah, he dunks on him pretty hard. He does dunk on him pretty hard. And let's say this. Right off the bat... Snoke is great in just head form, you know? Like, I love it when it's just his head pops up and he's like, General! Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Snoke sorry. also looks so much better in this movie. He does. They, they probably had more time because his, like... In Force Awakens, like they kept changing what he looked like, right? Like he yeah. was like his design was. Uh, I, I also up think, for debate. I, I think if you did a side by side comparison, they've changed the design a bit. Aside from That's the fact that they true. clearly plus the technology and just spent more time on it, and the performance feels better. The character is right, more and to obviously do. he's now not a hologram, I guess. So you have a little more uh, light. On his but, face. but even when we get to the hologram thing, I remember seeing Force Awakens and going like, "Why they need to fucking mocap this guy? This could just be a dude in makeup." Yeah, right, right. And right, this right, time right, they right. really fuck with the proportions of his skull and the yeah. scarring and the damage. So it really is. Yeah, because he's like real skinny, you know. Yes. And then his head's kind of bulbous. Right. His like cheeks barely exist. Right. Yeah, he's he's weird looking. Right. Um, but yeah, you dug Snoke. I, I was all about Snoke in this movie. Snoke maybe was my standout for the film. Could have been bigger. <laughs> He could have. He could have been bigger. He was big. They made him like minute bowl size instead of like Godzilla. Yeah, right. Size. He's like maybe eight feet tall. Yeah, he's like eight right. two. Yeah, yeah. Good reach. You know. Um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good <laughs> wingspan. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so Leia puts Poe in his place. Hey, uh, demotes him and kid, says, "You're not the fucking movie star here. It's about people. And this is it's about a cause. This is not a one-off thing in the movie that is not going to get. This is Poe's arc in the movie. Yes." Is like, yeah, you're the best. I mean, yeah, you're great. Good at piloting. Yeah. But, like, that's not going to win this war. That's also the arc of the movie is what what does it mean to be heroic? What is the heroic thing to do? You know? I'm nodding very forcefully. I'm just moving my whole body. You know what this is? This is a fucking anti- Virtue signaling movie. Get off no your wonder people fat hate it. ass and do the work. And don't look like you need a fucking applause break when you do it. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know? she's she's thrilled. I'm sounding facetious when I say that, but that is know, kind of I what know. the movie is. Yeah, it's yeah. a movie. No, it's called I, action movie. Yeah. Um, it's about doing the right thing. Right. For the right reasons. Yes. And then to wrap this little bit up before mm-hmm. we get to go to the island. Sure. Uh, we also have this scene where uh, Kylo Ren. Uh-huh. With his helmet on. Yeah. Goes to see Snoke. Uh-huh. Uh, right, uh, right as Hux is leaving and Snoke berates him. Yeah. Says, you suck. Yeah, fuck you. I thought you were a big deal. This You're is where turd. a lot of this- Your dick is tiny. The lair. Okay, so oh, this is- an, I mean, for one, I, this is best an incredibly good-looking movie. Correct. It's gorgeously designed. Yeah. It's really well shot by Steve Yedlin. Very well uh, lit. Yeah, well, yes. part of the job of a cinematographer, yeah. right? Yeah, but uh, I'm saying specifically, it is, I want to single out. The lighting is lit. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Ryan lit. Johnson has said, we went into this with red being, like we wanted red to be this sort of very mm-hmm. crucial color in the movie. And this, yeah, this throne room, which is just All uh, blank red, pure right. red. Right, but like lit red walls, like and, red lucite walls that are glowing. And then what I love, which is like Snoke was basically like, yeah, red, red, this is all red. You guys are going to wear red. I love gold. And then can I have a gold cape? Yeah. Though? Yeah, and he a asked, caftan. He he to, he borrowed Meryl Streep's caftan from the post. Yes. Spoiler he, alert. He asked people if they want a blintz and a blunt. Yeah, he looks like a uh, Christmas tree fairy. He gets in uh, a smelting he, accident. He's got this amazing... <laughs> We're doing two different bits. I know. But they're both good. I was trying to get you onto my bit. No, I like to Join bit. me here. <laughs> my bit. Wait, and there's one other thing that happens. Our good old friend Finn wakes up. 
Uh, yes, and of course wants to know where Ray is. Right, and he's in a tube suit that looks awesome. It does, I love <laughs> he's that. He's leaking all over the place. He's a little discombobulated. Mm-hmm. Poe's happy to see him. I like that they're still nice space friends. They're, of they course, are. not the nice space friends, and of course they're not hashtag the two friends, but they are nice friends in space. Yeah, uh, agreed on everything you just said. Um, but yes, we do have that. Is there, there's nothing really else to that. We'll get to more of that, obviously. Yeah, Rose comes in later, right? Okay, so now we go but, to... But we, it's just important. We see Ben being berated for his failure against Ray. Yeah. And uh, like, if you're so such a big deal, why'd you get beaten by a girl who'd never held a lightsaber Snoke before? Snoke is kind of verbalizing the criticisms of people who think that Ray's too powerful in Force Awakens. Where, and Ben is like, you know, Kylo is saying like, I killed Han Solo. And he's like, yeah, and it fucked you up so bad, Ray beat you. Yeah. Which is, I think, a thing that's important to get on the record. Because obviously he right. got shot too. Yes. And that's sort of a visual reason for his ineptitude, you yeah. know. But like, it's also that he's completely rattled by killing his father. 100% uh, in Force Because that's Snoke's thing is like you got too much of that solo shit in you and he's yeah. like solo shit I fucking killed Han Solo and he's like don't act like that was a fucking easy thing yes exactly don't act like he came you out of that get out of my sight and take that ridiculous thing off which yeah. he's talking about the mask right so Kylo smashes it crushes it which apparently is something that Ryan Johnson asked Kathleen Kennedy in his initial pitch for the film. Can I get rid of the mask? Yes. He was like, uh, essentially the way this pitch worked, she brought him in and sat him down and said, we want you to do episode eight. What do you think? Yeah. And he was like, "Uh, I don't know. Uh, Let me think about it. He claims he did not think that's what they were going to. Right. Maybe a spinoff. They were, I don't know. And then he said, well, can I read the Force Awakens script? And they were like, sure, here's the script. And he said, okay, well, there's a bunch of things I'm going to want to do. Here they all are. And one of them was, I need to smash his helmet really early on. And they were like, fine, yeah, it's fine. Which also makes sense for the arc of this character, which I think is the most interesting arc of the film, and I think is the best performance of the movie. It is. Driver. Driver is unbelievable. Unbelievably good. It's an extremely good performance. I remember when... he's great in the last... uh, That fucking, what's it called? Uh, That uh, Sitting Shiva movie with zero Jews in it. Um, Uh, uh, This is where I leave you. This is where I leave you, yeah. When that was like Adam Driver starting to take off, and Sean Levy, the great... Otor, Sean Levy, mm-hmm. the maestro himself. Uh-huh. Uh, if Trevor's the captain, then he's All at right, least the lieutenant. On, come on, come on, what's up? He said, like, I was on set with Driver, and I went, like, whoa, this is the major actor of his generation. I was like, fucking Sean Levy, you don't know anything. Who would be the major actor of his generation? And it does kind of feel like Adam Driver is, like, shaping up to maybe be... Especially when you look at the fucking directors he's worked with. Uh, yes, he's great. I have no objection. To, I love Adam Driver. He was my blanky winner for Best Actor last year. I know. He, he might. I mean, let's let's see where he sells into my blankies this year. That's me looking at my watch Different for episode. the blankies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're in a while. Look, we'll get to it. Look, this episode's steaming ahead, full speed ahead. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Okay, look, I know we got great momentum going. I just need no, to step no. out of the bathroom quickly and I'll let this person in. You, okay, the doorbell made you realize that you need to step out to the bathroom so another person response. can come in. Okay, well, as you get up to trained. go to the bathroom, let someone in, please. That's what I'm going to do. I okay. just, okay. Ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, I know, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hello, hello. Hello, sir. What are you doing here? Perhaps you do not recognize me. We're in the middle of a podcast. Seem perhaps you previously knew of my mustache. Okay, do not recognize me down. with the oh, you whiskers have no, on my chin, well, the sides you, of my face, my cheeks. We have never met before. You are a clean-shaven man. Well, no, I, I mean... Oh, you're saying you have a mustache. 
Well, no. I mean, clearly you've said I'm clean-shaven, so that must be accepted as canon now. No, I, I'm sorry. I was looking at my computer, and I wasn't looking up. No, I'm running with it. I'm clean-shaven now. <laughs> okay, great. Who are you? You never met me before. Who are you? My name is Rich Uncle Pennybags. We've oh, never met before. So I know Rich F- Mr. Pennybags. What was his name again? We only met him the one time. Uh, yeah, Moneybags Pennybags is the nickname. Look, I have to level with you, okay? Yeah, sure, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yeah. I know you didn't add with a Rich Uncle Pennybags previously. Oh, okay. But that's not canon anymore. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we found out that uh, uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags was part of a, a giant Ponzi scheme. Okay, can you just uh, send the money back uh, right away, yeah. Ben? Dollar Shake Club, here's your money. So, so I am actor Christopher Plummer, and I have now replaced Rich Uncle Pennybags. So if we oh, can accept I, this as just a new continuity, we're going to get it out in time have, for Christmas. You uh, do have the gravitas required and Thank no you. makeup on your face. But how did you get your face so clean-shaven? Well, you don't become a rich Uncle Pennybags by spending a billion dollars on every razor. You fools, I look at you, common lay people. How much do you spend? $2,000, $4,000 a blade? Well, I'm, I'm How gonna, much do you spend? Can I talk to you for a second? Please. Because I used to. I used to. That used to be my life. Right. But then... I found Dollar Shave Club, uh-huh. and for five dollars a month, um, they send me a whole package. What? Razors, okay. replacement razors. Okay. Shave butter. Okay. For the shaving. Yes. Body cleanser. Yeah. All of this is encouraging, but here's the problem. Go ahead. I got a stinky butt. Butt wipes. What? They're in the package too. And if for five bucks, you can get this package. Yes. And after that, replacement cartridges, they ship for a few bucks a month. So you can keep shaving. Because, uh-huh. you know, I used to just shave once. Uh, a decade and then by just the looks be, of you. And in a panic. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right. Thank you. <laughs> um, but instead, now with Dr. Carver's shave butter, with the butt wipes, the with doctor, the body the cleanser. Doctor himself. Yeah. And it's I'm, all, I'm looking great. It's all delivered right to you. Yeah, of course. It means no more annoying trips to the store or cruising up and down aisles looking at the shelf upon shelf like, what the hell is this product? What do I do with that? It's all figured out for you. Man, you seem really freaked out about shelves. I I get so lost in these <laughs> stores. Just, they just hold things. I mean, it's like the end of... Uh, the herd locker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a oh. long time blankie. Uh, let me ask you <laughs> Thank this Thank you, question. Mr. Plumber. You just oh, turned 88, by the way. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, so, but Fit you as a fiddle. You, what I'm saying is you don't need all the money in the world. To do, I see what you did there. And Dollar I liked it Shave a lot. Club. Okay, you just ask, need a few bucks a month. Let me ask you two follow up questions. Yeah, please. Dollar Shave Club. This sounds like a great company, great products at an affordable price. Uh huh. Great customer service. All true, and it comes right to your door. Can they help negotiate the release of my kidnapped grandson? Um, I think that's going to be a premium edition. You're going to okay. have to talk about that with someone at the company because uh, I don't know about now, that. Now, that's a joke, of course. I broke character for a bit because... Right, because you're playing J. Right. Paul Getty in an upcoming movie. Right, but that's which, not I this. Which for plugging. Yes, um, no, but- this is a different disgraced character that I've had to be uh, replaced in the role of... Rich Uncle Pennybags, of course. Yeah, uh, so but, it's nice but, to here's, see Here's my follow-up question. Yeah. Uh, Dollar Shave Club. Uh-huh. Let's say I want to get a Golden Globe nomination. Really quick. Uh, let's say we wanted to wrap this up really quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, we'll go on. But but the movie wasn't finished, and there was no way the Hollywood Foreign Press will have seen the film in time to nominate. 
Oh my god. Do you think I could order enough razors to send to every member of the Hollywood Foreign Press in order to bribe them into nominating me? I have no idea. I want you to love Dollar Shave Club as much as I do. That's what's important. So if you want to try the first month of their razors. Or our listeners. You or our listeners. Mm-hmm. With you know, and then you get the shape butter, you get the body cleanser, you get the butt wipes, all that for five bucks. Then you just go to dollarshaveclub.com mm-hmm. slash check. Slash check. Is there a promo code? That that's the promo code to get the starter set. Five bucks a month. Tell me the URL. Blank check. No, no. <laughs> Dollarshaveclub.com.org. <laughs> Dollar shave Jesus. DollarShaveClub.com slash check. Okay. Check. And, and just once again, to very briefly make sure we're all clear on the canon, I am totally clean shaven. I'm Academy Award winner Christopher Plummer. The timeline is roughly before the Golden Globe nominations have been announced. Yeah. And the real rich Uncle Pennybags, which is his nickname, Moneybags is his real name, was involved in a Ponzi scheme. All true. Thanks so much. Anytime. And Go see all the money in the world Christmas Day. Oh, and hey, Griffin, how you doing? Oh, hey, uh, good. It just, uh, I just uh, had a big poop. I wish there was some way for me to wipe my butt. Dollar Shave Club. Anyway, so oh, we're cool. going to talk about- No more needs to be said. Uh, we're going to talk about Octo. Octo, the, the island of Octo. Which we've glimpsed in uh, Force the Awakens. End. And uh, Force Awakens ends with a helicopter shot, like we all asked. Yeah. Of Ray holding up a lightsaber for Luke Skywalker. My least favorite shot in The Force Awakens. It's a little annoying. I don't like helicopters. It, it, it doesn't bother me quite as much on rewatches because I guess it's just sort of ingrained now. Sure, but, I get yeah. it. I'm a drone guy too. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. It's, you know, uh, in the, the end of the last movie, we, Ray goes right. to Luke. And we pick up in that offers gesture. Offers him his blade. Holding out the blade. He, he takes it. And then he chucks it over his shoulder. Chucks it over his shoulder. I love that so much. I, like I was that. immediately like, "Oh wait, I love." I wait. I didn't get. I didn't see that coming at all. And then what's the next thing that happens? Luke goes into his little hut and he changes out of his regal white robes into right. some grungy bullshit and uh, Kylo then, Rags. He looks he, like the Fisher King. And then as uh, Ray, he looks like the Fisher King. He yeah. does. As Ray retrieves uh, the lightsaber from some porgs, uh-huh. uh huh, who are in this movie. Yes, the porgs. They are in the film. We can confirm that. Yes, Because there was... There, were, <laughs> there was debate over whether they'd show up. Whether they'd be in the movie or not. They're like anime penguins. Um, yeah, yeah. They're based on the puffins that really live on that island. Okay. Uh, and uh, they are like penguin chickens. Where kind of. are you... Where do you land in the Pork Wars? The Great Pork Wars of 2017? I'm pro-Porg. Yeah. Very solidly pro-Porg. I, I like that they're puppets. Like, makes me, me really happy. I also feel like they're really used in moderation. This yeah, moment. no, for sure. It's not like they, you know, save the day. No. <laughs> they're just like these sort of funny little creatures yeah. that live on this island, which is a weird island. Yeah. Another creature that lives on this island is a giant milk-producing... <sighs> I mean, how do you describe it? Like manatee giraffe. Yeah. Like, I mean, what is it? Right. And we see Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Milk it. Milk squeeze it. Squeeze that straight, nipple. The nipple straight into the bottle and then drink the green milk that comes out. Blue milk. Whatever. That's where it comes from. It's important. That's canon. Uh, with with glee and then look at Ray like a crazy person. Yes. And then immediately walk over somewhere else and get a giant like pole and like go over to a cliffside and catch an <sighs> ichthyosaur. Yeah, he's just being a real stinker. <laughs> this looks- and basically doesn't talk to her at all. And he's kind of being a Yoda. Like he's being like, fuck off. Well, that's what the he's move. He's being a little trickster. That's the move he's made. Yeah. You know, because Yoda abandons the universe after right. his great failure 
right. uh, in which he caused the entire universe to be taken over by a Sith Lord pretty much unilaterally. Great job, Yoga. Yoda. Which is amazing. One of the most impressive things this film does is it actually makes the Phantom Menace trilogy better by acknowledging that the fucking Jedi Council were too busy up in their ivory tower to pay attention to what was going on it that they actually that allowed up. everything to happen. It brings that up. A bunch of stodgy old fools on their fucking poop chairs. True. Not even a, a dollar shave club butt wipe to be seen. True. And they let it happen. They let it happen. They caused their own demise. Uh, so Luke's kind of like, I, you know what? I don't know if the Jedi's were a good thing even. We shouldn't be mourning them. Okay. But, Move on. But as I was saying, yeah. he has done the Yoda, where he's like, yeah. Yoda went to Dagobah to never see anyone again. Yeah. Luke has gone to this planet to die. Let me drink my milk. Uh, yeah, he wants to drink his milkshake. But Ray will not stop. Ray keeps pestering him with like, I'm from the Resistance. Your sister sent me. And like, the First Order is close to taking over the galaxy, and we need your help. Uh, which is sort of silly, because it's like, what's Luke going to do? Yeah. I mean, I guess the crawl is saying that he'll sort of rally people to the cause. And I get that because he is the famed uh, slayer of the emperor and sure. turner of Dark Vader. Darth Vader. Right. Darth Vader. And, and you could argue Jesus. that the resistance needs such a figure right now. Right. He is someone to uh, sort of light a spark, as right. people keep saying. Be- because Kylo Ren is a larger than life figure. He is so performative, but he leaves people quaking in fear and terror. As is Snoke. Snoke's pretty performative. Uh, We remember we talked about his gold cloak. Yes. Kylo Ren's just a little more out there. He's doing like the meet and greets. He's like. No, Snoke. Snoke has a drive time radio show every day. General. That's how it begins. I don't know. What does he say? It's called Snoke and the Boomer. (laughs) Oh, God. Um. But yeah, but they want they need they need someone to inspire hope. Um, but that's not really why she's there. No, she's there because she's a little Jedi. She's a little, little Jedi. Uh, lightsaber a little grabber. Bit, a little bit teaching. She needs some uh, some tips. When does he realize that she has duff force? Well, so um, he he is, keeps ignoring her, and she yeah. sort of gets huffy, and then she walks over. She sort of feels called by something and walks over to this big tree. Yes. And walks into it, this big sort of smoky, weird, gnarled sort of tree. Like, it's called like the the uh, at the of the wills or something. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it has a name in the fucking Star Wars canon. I'm forgetting. Oh, well, because you know the wills yes. are uh, the um, you know the guardians of the wills. Right. That's like what a um, I think it's called the something of the wills. Donnie Yen's character yes. is a guardian of the will, uh-huh. and the, they are like a order of monks who. Yeah. You know, uh, preserve Jedi shit. So right. anyway, but, but she walks into this tree and it's like, there's some books on a shelf yeah. and Luke is intrigued that she knows of like to go to this place. And that she's, she says like, I've been having these dreams all my life. I've seen these symbols. I never know what they meant. It's starting to come clearer to me. So that's where Luke is going like, wait a second, who are you? Yeah. And she's like, I'm from the resistance. Like, no, 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 no. Who are you? Yeah. I'm from nowhere. Everyone's from somewhere. Jakku. Okay. That is kind of nowhere. Once again, good joke. Yeah. It's great. You seem to be saying this with surprise. Because there are a couple comedy points I'm going to deduct what? later on in this movie. When? There are a couple times I think it goes a little when? too broad. Wait, just give it to me. I don't like BB-8 operating the walker. Oh, sure. That's not so much a comedy thing to me, but okay. I don't like Luke dusting the dirt off his shoulder. Oh, I love that. I think that's a little too self-aware. I love that because the whole point is that he's trying to enrage uh, Kylo Ren so much. I agree. Yeah. I just think he plays it to the back of the house a little too much. He just does this. 
I th- all he does. I think he plays it to the back of the house. No, he, the, the whole point of that is that's a story that will be told for millennia. You can't spell Hamill without Ham. And he wades through the waters well, but there are a couple moments where I think they indulge him a little too much. No, this is a Christmas ham. It's I agree. It's gorgeous and juicy. I sink my teeth in it. But there's a little it. fat. Sometimes you, you take a bite and there's a the, little fat. The you BBA gotta, thing, you spit I'm kind of with you on, but I think that's more them being like, BBA should do something now. You yeah, know, I think that BBA fine. moment can go fuck itself. That's the one moment in the movie where I was like, this can go fuck itself. Yeah. I don't want BB-8 like operating a fucking walker. But they set it up earlier. Yeah. So, sounds like you're really embarrassed right now. No, not at all. I'm very confident. I'm a confident person. I've never been embarrassed in my entire life. Ben, you look like you're shaping and safe. We're all in weird headspaces today, are we not? I'm feeling great. I feel great. Yeah. I disagree with that. <laughs> I think Griffin's in a weird headspace. <laughs> you admitted yourself you were really stressed out today. Oh, I have a lot of work to do and shit. Yeah. That's true. But that's, I mean, that's not that uncommon for me. I'm cold and I haven't showered in 48 <laughs> yeah, hours because the water's in a bit of an fucking out in my When apartment. did you wake up? When did I wake up? Because you said you had a lot of trouble sleeping. Uh, yeah, I didn't fall asleep until 6 a.m. Great. I think I woke up uh, 10 or 11. Mm, not great. No, uh, not great, Bob. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get out of bed for like uh, two hours because it was so cold in my apartment that I didn't want to get out were, of my tamale. Yeah, you were keeping the uh, the hot box. I was bundled. I was hot box. Yeah, I was farting to keep myself warm. <laughs> well, apparently I slept for five hours and 46 minutes. All right, do you want to start over? Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know okay, what the fuck so is happening. Uh, okay. Opens on. Uh, <laughs> Great joke. I, I, I liked it. Oh, you're going to you're call me out for dumb derailing jokes yeah right we're all in a great mood today Ah, (laughs) you guys are so mad just get ready for the merchandise spotlight okay so (laughs) so luke is like fuck this you know i i the jedi shouldn't be a thing they were foolish he's interested in her and she's like i want to and he's like it's time for the jedi to end yeah done out of here you want to have the force fine have fun jedi dead concept yes that's his call Right, I guess. What happens next? But it's really more also, as we know, he failed Ben Solo. Right. He lost his Jedi school. Yeah. All these kids got murdered. And this time it was, it was a very personal. emotionally taxing incident, obviously. Ben and was a sort of once in a generation, you know, amount. Ben Hosley. Mm. <laughs> Kylo Ren, who is kind of the Ben Hosley of uh, Sith Lords in terms of like power. He's not a Sith Lord. It's in crucial note. There are no Sith. Yeah, he's a knight of Ren. He's a knight of Ren. I'm sure, sorry. Right. He's a he's a dark Jedi. Dark Force whatever. user. Whatever, whatever yeah, you want to yeah, fucking yeah, call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's his nephew. Yeah. It's the bloodline that he's connected to. Yeah. He understands that balance between the the Skywalker and the Vader of it all. That and also he failed his sister. Yes. He failed his uh, good buddy Han. Yes. And uh, kind of failed the galaxy. Yeah. So, yeah, legacy of failure there. Right. And he's looking back on the whole legacy of the people who trained him and going like, Yoda might have fucked this whole thing up to begin with. So why should I be carrying on the traditions of this order that maybe is inherently fucked? So from this, we're going to cut back to a uh-huh. fleet. Sure. Where uh, Kylo Ren enraged mm-hmm. because uh, he just got a, you know, called a beta male by Snoke. Yeah. He waved his he waved his finger at him. Yeah, yeah, his big long little spindly fingers. Yeah, yeah he kind of got cuffed. <laughs> Gets in his <laughs> pretty cool ca- little fighter craft. What do you think of his fighter craft? Sort of tie interceptor type. Oh, cool. Yeah, spinny. It cool. spins. Good. Attacks the rebel fleet because they're tracking them mm-hmm. through hyperspace, which okay. shouldn't be possible. Right. But uh, apparently, in Rogue One, 
Did you read this? No. There's some little thing in Rogue One where like, you know how they like hack the Empire files and yeah. Rogue One and all that. One of the files says like hyperspace tracking technology. Oh, cool. So they, uh, it only took another 80 years to perfect. 20. Oh, sure. Sure. And like, it's hard. Sure. And also the Empire got blown up. Sure. You know, so, you know. Yeah, they had, had to start to, over. Right, give it a second. Right, they know. had to download, like, McAfee to do file recovery on those hard drives, which are burned up in the All true. explosion. That's, uh, ben and David are both typing things now. I think <laughs> okay. David's filing a piece. Yeah, I'm not, but I should be. But uh, no, Ben but, is writing copy for other podcasts. No, I just wrote virus joke cut out. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I watch him make all these little notes. It's really funny. It a file recovery joke. No, so okay, so. Now you look like He attacks idiot. the fleet. Uh-huh. Tax the fleet. Yes. I don't know if there's something else you want to say here. No. And, well, because you seem to have something to say about the hyperspace tracking. Or was it just a McAfee joke? Yeah, I think it was probably just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, attacks the feet. Blows up the main ship's bridge. Attacks the feet. Who are you? A, a Quentin Tarantino movie? Blows up the main ship's bridge. Leia gets sucked down into space. What did you think of this? Did you think, is this the end? Or were you like, this can't be it because it would? It's not hasn't been given enough weight? Like... Because that's what I thought when I initially, the second I saw her get blown into space. what I thought. And I will say this. I might have fallen for it more had Carrie Fisher not died in real life. Because then you're like, oh, no. We kind of knew they weren't killing her off because they had said over and over again, like, Leia's performance is going to stand as it is. I mean, Carrie's performance, you know, and like, we're not messing with it at all. We're not replacing anything. And I also think if that was the decision to have her die that early on in the film, they would have edited and structured that sequence differently to give it more import if right. it truly was going to be her final moment. So she gets, but you know who does die? Admiral Akbar. Akbar. The biggest trap of all. Esther went like, <gasps> like she was very shocked. Yeah, it yeah. is. He, they, it was a trap. It was a trap. Yeah. It was a trap. And he got, I was trying to figure out why they killed him off. Why? Like, like did maybe the actor die? The actor they, did die. Did he? I believe. So maybe they were just kind of like. the guy who voiced Akbar was like 99 years old. He was very old. old. Yes. Like, I'm, who's like the voice of Akbar? I think it was Marlon Brando. Right. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Oh, wow. Uh, Douglas Fairbanks? Some other. Yeah, the guy, the original guy who voiced him died. Okay. In 2016. Right. Yeah. So maybe that was it. Maybe it was just sort of like, you know what? Yeah. It, let's, re- let's let Akbar. Uh, have a noble death. And this movie also is, it's a real. Not that noble, really. Just get sucked into space. It's not with the old and with the new movie. Uh, it is. It is very much like, you know about, what? We can't just keep on relying on the old institution. It's true. And, you know, the resistance is so centered around Leia yeah. as this icon of the, the rebel alliance that first gave birth to the Republic. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, you know, it's a crucial moment at the end of the movie when Poe is like leading people down where Leia's like, don't look at me. Like, follow him. Like, you know, where it's like, she knows too. Like, I can't do this forever. Uh, Dave Schilling at Birth Movies Death sure. uh, had a review this one I think is really good, where mm-hmm. he said he thinks this film, and it also, this lines up very well in terms of the uh, time periods in which these trilogies are being made. Sure. But this film is really about uh, millennials uh, inheriting and reckoning with the legacy of the baby boomers. Sure, I can see that. You know, it's like one political movement a generation or two later dealing with the very self-righteous, empowered, we fixed everything. Sure, I get that. I get that read. And being like, nothing was fixed. We're now inheriting twice as many problems because of what you tried to do. Sure. And it's like our parents told us we could be anything, right? Send us off to college. Get a participation (laughs) trope. We're like like 20 minutes into the movie and we've been talking for an hour plus. (laughs) 
Uh, this is going to be a four-hour episode. I yeah. cleared off the whole day of the studio <laughs> oh, schedule. God, I have a Hanukkah dinner to get to. What if at this point right now when you're saying we've already been recording for an hour plus, Ben has edited the episode down so much that we're at minute 12? <laughs> I mean, that's what he should do. He Let's could do that. <laughs> that would be prudent. He could cut this shit down. No, no. So I just um, – the, the big thing that happens here is that Leia is floating in space. Uh-huh. She's getting a little freezy. Yeah. And she sucks herself back uh, with force powers. She flies like Superman. Uh, what do you think of this scene? Because it is hotly divisive. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I like that she survives. I like that she uses the force to survive. Yeah, me too. I'm not sure how crazy I am about the execution of the moment itself visually. All right. Well, I disagree with you. Cool. I mean, I, Good I, just, I just, I mean, I just yeah. watched it and was immediately like spellbound by it. And then as I was walking, and I was so happy that she finally got a force moment that Agreed. extended beyond her just sort of like, sort of looking uh, yeah. pained or whatever, you know, yeah. like which is what she's done in the other movies. I'll, I'll say I, I literally, I was 100% with it and was like pumping my fists until she starts the actual floating, mm. like the flying back onto the ship. It felt so a good. little too godlike to me, if that makes sense. But she's just sucking herself. You know, it's just a... Uh, Moving. But you're doing the hand gesture. Like, that was part of it was, like, the Looks whole great. hand gestures. It's I, Carrie I Fisher. She's a yeah, fucking I love dead Fisher. legend. If they oh teed God. it up a little bit more with a force slap when he, when she slaps Poe. Just yeah. with she, her like, slapped him across the room or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, then I would have been a little bit more like, okay. Or, uh, or even if they played, like, the electric slide while she's, like, force sliding back onto the ship. That would have worked. Like, that would be more subtle to me. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're and saying. And Ben agrees with it. A little more ben, ben agrees. He's sort of going, He's right, I'm going to take a picture of you, Ben. So do that. So Leia's back on the ship now. <laughs> she's survived, but greatly she's, damaged. She's, took in a lot a, out of she's unconscious, so she's going to go into the sort of uh, the Finn chamber, the revival I, chamber. And let's say this. Right. I don't want to be morbid, okay? But like... This is something they wrote before she died, obviously. Oh, 100%. This was part of the plot. 100%. Yeah. And I've read a lot of people say that they thought she should have died that moment. That would have been a great hero death. I think that is only people saying that from the vantage point of knowing that the actor is dead. Yeah, also, I don't. why would that be a great hero death? She just gets blown out of the I agree. Like, ship. I agree, 100%. I mean, whatever. I think it's because then Holdo kind of enters and feels like she's going to be the new Leia, which she isn't. No. Um, but uh, the thing I was going to say is that's people wanting the movie to be able to have a internal way to deal with Carrie Fisher's death. Oh, I think the movie does, though. Uh, yeah, by thematics, but it keeps yeah. her alive at the end of the film, but it makes oh, it yeah. clear that the, the universe isn't about her anymore. Right. It would be so hacky to me if she died on screen because it would just feel like what we're saying where they were like, oh, I guess we should kill her off because she died, you know. Right. And Furious 7 is a very different case where like he died halfway through the movie. They had to rewrite the movie to work around that. I'm not thrilled that you just brought up Furious 7. I'm thrilled that I just brought Furious up Furious 7. Furious 7 deals with it uh, very well in its own way. But yeah. if The Force of if The Last Jedi had tried any of the shit yeah. they try, you know, digital recreation, it, like, it would have gone over like a I agree brick. 100%. Yeah. And also, I think the ending of Furious 7 is a masterwork. But if Paul Walker had finished all of principal photography, I don't think they should have done any of that. That was literally they only had half the footage I, they needed, I, so they had agree. to rewrite the we movie. We agree. Let's not talk. About I agree. This. I'm just I'm I'm responding to fan criticism. Fear Seven is a perfect movie. Fan criticism seems to just be like I don't like it. It's goofy. It, I don't, those are her force powers. You know, it, it seemed a lot of like. It's also that's not how things have gone before, right? You it's know? also weird simultaneously. Like I don't like how much the movie is goofy, and I don't like how much the movie is cynical. Like I don't. Yeah, I think they it's don't true. Like There's the both of those criticisms. That Luke isn't. 
They don't like Luke tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder. But they also don't like him saying that the Jedi Order was fucked. Sure, but at least they knew that was coming. Yeah. Uh, That's in the trailers. That's in the trailer. Um, Um, It's just pretty funny to me that The Force Awakens ended on Luke being offered the saber, and then two whole years later, we finally see his reaction to it, which is like... I think that's a good joke. I think it's a good joke. How many comedy points? I gave it 10. I gave it 10. I think 15. Fine. So Finn... But you have to put up five of your own. I'm only putting 10. Fine. So here's the okay. new situation. The fleet is here. Uh, yeah, I'm putting up five miles. Okay. Yeah, the fleet Leia, is here. Leia's out now. She used Leia's up all out, her energy. She's in more a, importantly, a healing tank. They can't jump to hyperspace because they seem to be being tracked to hyperspace. So they have to just keep outrunning the Star Destroyers. Yes. And like sort of stay in this sort of static, you know what I mean? Like but, fixed But essentially, chase. the First Order is playing rope-a-dope with them. It knows if they keep on trying to race past them through hyperspace, they'll run out of fucking energy and then they'll just be stuck they'll be cornered and that's when Muhammad Ali fucking takes them down right yeah so now two big things happen one hey Leia's on bed rest for a little bit sure here's the new boss in town her name is Space Stern yes that's her name Space Stern she fucking rules Mm -hmm. our buddy Emma Stefanski Emmeline Holdo Yes. Our buddy Emma Stefanski. I believe it was. The the great Emma Stefanski. I hope I'm not misattributing this to her but I think it was her. When I Love Dick came out said it's weird that Kevin Bacon's become the sexiest guy alive because he was never the sexiest guy alive. There were other people sexier than him and then he just stayed in it and now he is the sexiest guy alive. Okay. And I kind of feel the same way about Laura. It's just like persistence, yeah. longevity, legacy. Yeah. She comes on screen, I'm just like, Jesus got Christ. Got purple hair. Yeah. Got this sort of... Uh, Giraffe neck. Yeah. She's got a good six inches on fucking Oscar She's Isaac. She's tall. I mean, Oscar Isaac is not tall. Oscar Isaac's not tall. She's especially tall and she just fucking rules Laura Dern's 5'10 yeah pretty tall yeah but she's probably got heel on it's certainly big for an actress definitely has heels on has a lot of hair and she's just got a quiet gentle authority and she's also got fucking pink hair and space Dern rules so yeah but so Poe is like what's the plan here are we gonna go blow things up what's the plan because his x-wing gets blown up in the attack right. so what are we gonna what are we gonna, and she's sort of like uh here's the plan shh shh sh- because she was like Leia's quiet, protege, and she's like, look, I learned from Leia. We all know Leia. I'm not going to fucking do shit Leia style. I'm not tolerating your bullshit, Poe Dameron. You want to have fun adventures? Do it in a spinoff comic that only Griffin will read. <laughs> <laughs> this is a main entry Star Wars movie. You, see you play that chair? by my rules. We call that the Poe chair. You sit <laughs> in it. So you'll sit there, and if I need something from you, such as an order of macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I will let you know. You're getting a provisional 12-issue run, and after that, we will negotiate. So that's what's happening. But Finn, seeing all this, I gotta get Finn, the fuck out of here. who, remember, is essentially three weeks old yes. as a person. Yes. He had his little adventure, Yes, which was the first time he's basically been a conscious human being. His love is real, but he is not. Uh, and then he was in coma you know yeah. he was in so he's basically he's still brand new mm-hmm. he's looking at all this Ray's not with him right uh, there's this little beacon that she can find and now he's sort of been grandfathered into being seen as like an important figure they're all like figure. you're a hero you're the traitor from the first order who like helped us blow up Starkiller base what a great he's guy like, you I'm are I'm kind of a savant I don't know if I can replicate it my my sophomore slump is gonna be hard so he's but also he's like fuck Ray can't come back to this because this is doomed yeah. this whole thing looks bad he goes to his escape pod to leave who's he meet rose tico played by kelly marie tran who is a ucb alum 
a West Coast UCBer. Oh, I had no idea. That was her main base. I mean, she had pretty much just done sketch videos, web series, and was a UCB performer. So I, she's never been in a movie, right? Uh, correct. So her and I are exactly the same, much like uh, Gal Gadot and I are exactly the same because we're both Jewish superheroes. Right. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran and I are exactly the same because we're both UCB people right. who it's then became— and- uh, and part of the most important franchise of all time. Right. The two and most also, important franchises ever. Your parents the are also, Star Wars. <laughs> your parents are refugees who fled Vietnam during the Vietnam War, right? Or is that any, is that well, the one difference between I'm, you right, two? Right, and I'm saying that's maybe more where I go into the Gal Gadot thing where we're both like highly trained uh, militant uh, Jews. Uh, but yes, she is, uh, you're right, uh, UCB. Thank you. She also did some Second City stuff. Yeah, she was like an IO. She did all the LA improv theaters. There's a really good uh, entertaining weekly piece on her just like temping and working night jobs and taking classes and, and wondering whether she should quit or not and then getting Star Wars and not being able to tell anyone for like four months. Right, I, I, love her in this movie I love this character uh, and uh, how do you feel about it I oh, he's doing the Griffin face again introduction of this character a hundred percent on board uh-huh. I find her very winning very just honest and open as a performer especially for someone who has not been in a movie before right she feels completely unintimidated by her surroundings sure yeah. it just feels like a very very uh, joyful honest open performance Okay. Uh, I think the setup of the character is awesome. Her, she's, her sister died, obviously. She's very sad. And she's working in the trenches. She's part of this big works, thing. But works she's, behind pipes all day. Right. She's essentially working in like the mail room of sure. the resistance. She's like an engineer or something. She's some kind of, yeah. And she views Finn as a celebrity. This is the yeah. hero. This is the guy. This is the inspirational story. He worked his way up from, from the bad side to the upper ranks. Uh-huh. He gives me hope that maybe I could make it happen someday. Which makes Finn reevaluate his whole position because he just still thinks that he's some fucking noob. But he realizes now okay, that he has some weight power. But what's your criticism of this character? I think this character is missing like one emotional beat and I can't figure out what it is. Oh. Oh. There's like some emotional beat this character is missing for once I'd seen the end of the movie and knew mm. the whole arc they were trying to pull off. There's some beat missing and I can't identify it. Okay. I don't know. Which may, for me is like the difference between this character like I think you'll see it again and maybe you'll settle down about now, it. Now, you said know. that you have a whole hot take on what you like about the whole Rose Finn plotline. Because some people say that this is like the plotline that is the least consequential could be lifted from the film. And you've been defending it pretty hard. Of course. It's crazy that people say that to me. I mean, it's, it's inconsequential in terms of like what they get wrapped up in pretty quickly. Is right. this sort of like harebrained scheme Mm-hmm. Like out of out of a Star Wars movie, yeah, it's where, Star Wars again. Exactly, say. where they're gonna yeah. like they're gonna zip over to some planet. They're gonna get a guy. They're gonna break onto a star destroyer, and they're mm-hmm. gonna break the hyperspace tracker so that they can escape. Because she's resistance tech, and when he starts explaining to her this thing about them being they able to figure track, out, oh, how the tracking would work and how we would disrupt it, and they're both like janitor types. You know, right. they both have worked in the bowels of ships. Right. So they kind of get that. Him on the first So they go to Poe, who's like the regional manager. It's like the highest ranking person. They're really close. No, but Poe's also like, what the, you know, we need to fucking do something really, really cool. Right. Like, I think we should do sort of like a Star Wars thing right now. Right. Like, I don't like Laura Dern's plan, which seems to be like caution and moderation. Right. Not into that. Like, what if we did something completely stupid? Yeah. Like, hired Colin Trevor to direct a Star Wars film. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) let's hire Colin Trevor to break the site. And he's like, no, no, he he won't do it. He won't won't take my calls. Yeah. <laughs> the captain? I can't captain, even read no, 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 no. Um, but uh, no, so they're like, what if we do all this crazy shit? And he's like, go do it. Yes, and yes, 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 spoiler alert, their plan fails. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah, it ends up being a, a, a real uh, uh, wild goose chase. 
A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? They like, get caught up with some unsavory types. They see a little bit of the galaxy, and they form a, a real strong bond. Uh, and the arc of the movie, to me, is more about Finn, who is a baby. Mm-hmm. Not who has no concept of why the Rebel Alliance or the Resistance, whatever, should yeah. really exist, apart from that the First Order is bad. He yeah. doesn't like the First Order. Yeah. Uh, understanding, like, the underpinnings of this galaxy and, like, what they're actually fighting against. Yeah. But at the same time, without the sort of, like, it's not goofy and gung-ho. Like, it's textured. Yeah. And, like, the Del Toro character is there to be like, I get what you're saying, kid, but, you know... You know, the, I don't know There's if this a, is exactly black and mur- white over yeah, here. it's a murky you know? universe. Right. You know what I'm realizing? And she is this character who's like, you know, I am the marginalized people of this galaxy, yeah. right? But like, she's also still entirely optimistic. Right. She believes so thoroughly in the good that I'm, can exist in people. I mean, the thing I love about this character, and people probably just don't like this part of the movie maybe, but like yeah. is that when he's like Cantabite, What's it like? And she's like, it's the worst. It's yeah. full of the worst people. It's the worst place. And then he arrives and it's this like gorgeous casino yeah. planet with all this fun shit. And like, but like, and she's like, just what I thought. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what I love about her. Yeah. But uh, sorry, what were you going to say? I, I'm realizing, I think the emotional beat I'm missing mm. to make this entire plot line work for me is there's a lot of Rose explaining where she comes from, what she's had to go through, what she's had to persevere there's past. There's one scene. I'm not, I'm not saying there's too much. Sure, right? maybe two scenes. I'm saying you have her at the beginning, you have her talk about the her sister. Her at the beginning where she talks about her sister dying, and right, and then on Cantabite I'm, where she's sort of like, look closer. I'm saying there's the correct amount of that. I'm where not, she's, yeah. you know, she's offering some advice that Alan Ball offered in American Beauty. Look uh-huh. closer. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Which, God, so fucking profound. Agreed. This movie could use a plastic black floating around at some a point. Plastic black? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. I didn't say it. You're being so mean to me. <laughs> I love you. I never get to talk right, on right, this right, podcast. Right. No, no, no. Let's just we'll say bag. We'll get a clean. never get to talk. It, it's really true how you never get to talk on just this ever. podcast. Just it's just something I've been worried about. Yeah. Just get a clean take of bag. Okay. Like a plastic black floating around. <laughs> Uh, what's Did we the get one, that? What's Did we the, get that? Yeah, we got it clean. Okay, uh, that's the whole episode. Cool. Um, this is a great postscript, by the way. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, really long. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I, I guess it's about as long as our usual. <laughs> no, what's the beat you're looking Cancel for? Cancel our here? podcast. Um, yeah. The beat I'm looking for, I think, that makes would make this whole plot line and their relationship sing for you. Just that final bit. What is it? I want the moment where Finn opens up to her about his. Past experience. Well, that's fair. I mean, she because yeah. she knows his story, the legacy. Oh, first order this and that. I want some moment when he relates to her because it's a lot sure. of him listening to her talk about what she's gone through. Right, 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 right. And I feel like they don't have the deep emotional bonding moment that I want. They're sort of unified by being in this high stick situation together. I agree with all nice that. Nice kids. But I like that his big moment is this uh, literal and metaphorical triumph over Phasma. Mm-hmm. Where he not only defeats her, yeah. and she is, because people are like, Phasma's really not a character in these movies, now she's dead. Yeah. And I say to that two things. One, she's totally going to come back in episode nine, she's going to be all burned up and weird, and I'm going to love it. Yeah, me too. I, or maybe she won't, I don't know, but I, I would be so back. into that. If she's Phasma, like, yeah, 100%. like burnt Phasma, come yeah. on. Now she's bronze. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like copper Phasma. Yeah. No, no, but also like, she's like, she is just a stand-in for like, 
the trauma of Finn's life in the First Order, right? She's the man. She's the school mom. Not beyond that. Like the the tormentor, the person who is like, you are, she says it literally like you're a cog in a machine or whatever. You know what I mean? Like she has that line to him in this movie. So he's defeating that part of his past, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But but then the, the, so that's his arc here. But her arc is that, is teaching him like the people matter. I agree, but let me ask you this, okay? We're not going to, you know, that's how we're going to win, not by destroying what we hate, by saving what we love. I love all the messaging of this movie, but this is what I want to ask you. I want to give Ryan Johnson a medal for that line. When they're on that fucking balcony, and they're looking out at those creatures doing the race, do we know what they're called? Uh, The Thandral. I I think that's what they're called. And she talks about, like, no, but look at what's going on underneath. Look at the coal that's being shoveled in to operate this this train, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And pointing out the abuse of these children, you know? So, uh, sorry, not Thandrels. That's a Harry Potter thing. The Fathiers, Fathiers, something like that. Okay. Uh, anyway, space horses. Don't you feel like if there was some moment where Finn opened up to her and was like, I know that feeling, and sort of talked about the sort of like pipeline of being a child yeah, soldier, sure, being sure. reared for that, spoke of whether or not directly or indirectly <laughs> the presence of Phasma-like figures in his life. yeah, yeah. yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. That might be cool. I don't and it know. would also, I think, make the Phasma thing land a little more heartily for me. This is the one time in the history of this podcast that you said something disagreed. where I'm like, no, I, I get that. Hey, <laughs> finally. No, I, I get what you mean, but I'm— First episode you let me talk. First episode where you realize that I'm a genius. <laughs> you're just—it's famed for how quiet you are on yeah. this show. Yeah. And, like, how you know reticent you are to jump in. You muzzled me. You just had this triumphant moment where you actually, like, you know, won me over. Yeah. It was a huge moment. In I the succeeded. Show. Now, now, David, I want you to sell me on something. Uh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, well, how do you feel about, like, drama? I mean, love it. How do you feel about science fiction? The best. How do you feel about podcasts? I don't know if it's going to be a lasting medium, but okay, I mean, well, I'm with right, it for the time right, being. Right. What if yeah. it's more of, like, a sort of single episode podcast feature length? Okay. Like an hour and a half long, it tells a complete story, like a you know, like more, sort of like an old fashioned radio play, like a movie for your ears. Ex- wow, I should write ad copy. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I, I want to talk to you about this show called Cerberus Rex. Okay, good title. Um, it is a science fiction show, mm-hmm. hour and a half long, sort of a an audio adventure, I guess is the you know as you put it, uh, movie for your ears. Uh, that's available to stream or download on sci-fi.com. That's sci-fi.com. And that's not a domain name you come by easily. No, sci. That's a real deal domain name. Dash fi. Yeah. And uh, you can get it a high quality version of it for two bucks, or you can just listen to it for free in regular quality version. Uh, they don't. I don't know if they have a Professor Crispy working on that high quality version, but uh, it's possible. It's that pretty might close to my ears. That it was, might it was be crisp. the yeah. the where Professor Crispy is. That's this why you is always denounce the title because you are not Professor Crispy. No, so I, it, I, it, they might. Have, they might have hired the good doctor himself. I, I think, think that do. Jason over it at Cerberus Rex, he might have you know formed a, a dark alliance with Professor Crispy. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's a nice. I alliance. think he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, let's let's say this too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like listening to audiobooks. Well, guess what? That's not the medium that this work was intended to be heard in. That's Fair a enough, right? It's a book. And then someone's yeah. reading it, okay? No, this is like, it's like a radio drama. I mean, like, I've listened to some of these, like, The Message. I was talking about The Message. I like that yeah. a while back. You know, like, there's this, like, sort of revival of, like, great old school yeah. 
radio plays. Let's talk about a level of intentionality. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write a 90-minute fucking sci-fi drama designed for this medium. Going to get professional actors. Hells yeah. Voice actors. Yeah. You know, but also hey. like theater actors, screen actors. I'm uh, going to have like music, special effects, sound, sound effects, effects. Pew, 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 ding dong, ding dong. Suspense. Yeah. And it's, you know, going to have like twists and turns. Like it's like a involving, like, you know, look, I like talking about butt wipes as much as the next guy. All of us do. Love sponsoring, love, love being sponsored by butt wipes. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to talk about like, you know, an actual work of drama on this show and like promote that. Look, I mean, look. We we love art. Uh, we are patrons yeah. of the arts, right, if nothing exactly. else. Okay, and this is a work of art made by someone, Jason Hardcastle, who let's say it is a blankie. Uh, he is, yeah, he's a fan of the show, and he reached out to us uh, for us to listen to the show. He wanted, you know, wanted to see if we were into it, and uh, we said, "Fucking talk about it yeah. on the show." Yeah. Yes, I don't really want to get into the plot of it because I feel like the whole point of it is the, you know, like getting sort of sucked in by it. Yes. But it's about these like scientists investigating a sort of, you know, physics mystery. It's got like kind of like an X-Files sort of vibe with like sort of a John Carpenter, the thing kind of atmosphere, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And uh, it's great. And you guys should listen to it. SCI.FI.com. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. All right. Okay. So now we're back on the island of Acto. So this shit's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you liked the island stuff pretty much uniformly. I was so excited that I was seeing Luke Skywalker in a movie. Sure. Interesting. See, like, I like Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I, I. Han Solo was the one where I was like. I was worrying about him and like I wanted him to be okay. And felt like Luke, I'm sort of like, Luke can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, Han Solo is my favorite. Yeah, character he's, he's cool. or was you know my childhood favorite character. I, I think I've become more of a Leia guy with time from the original uh, yeah, sequel so trilogy. Virtual, so virtue signaling much? Hey, no, sorry, I'm hey. kidding. Uh, she's the Lisa Simpson of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, um, she, she's she's the best. But uh, Luke represents so much. There's so much power in the idea of Luke Skywalker. Mm. And I also think the rush of watching Mark Hamill get a part like this. And and nail it and like do well. That was the big it's thing for me. It's very exciting. Yeah, You're because right. he did mostly become a voice actor. And you'd hear him in interviews say like, yeah, I kind of resigned to the fact I don't think I'm going to get that big live action role again. You know, I yeah. thought I could age into being like an interesting kind of character actor. And it mostly feels like voice acting. And then he does these sort of cameos where it feels like children of Star Wars casting him to show up for right. one scene. Right. Even in stuff points. like Brigsby Bear, which he's good in, it's like, you know, he's being deployed as Mark Hamill, even if he's playing another I always character. think he's good. But also he's done a lot of animation voice acting, which is very <laughs> big, very often. And yes. so there's that question of like, can he go back to live action? He's really good, actually. He's really Shit. good. Like I actually, you know, I'm just sort of thinking about all the choices he's making. And he's kind of got, you know, I, I know. He's it, also got a good face right now. He looks incredible. You know what I mean? He's aged into this. He looked like they did it right. Like he yeah. looks like this grizzled. Yeah. Kind of like slightly freaky. Great glassy eyed work. Oh my God. His yeah, eye work his in this eyes. movie is great. Because that's the thing. Like sometimes when you see people who are predominantly voice actors, I know he's a different case because he started out as an on-camera stage actor, right? Right. 
when you see them on screen, their voice can feel a little disconnected from their body. Sure. Because they've honed that one thing so much. Yeah, yeah I get you. But he's doing like a full, incredible, rich vocal performance. Like mm-hmm. he really knows how to play his voice like an instrument now. Right. But then also he's got this incredible like fucking clenched like jaw, glassy-eyed, like broken, bottled fucking fear mm-hmm. that he's holding on to in every single shot. Yeah. He's got some amazing close-ups in this movie. He oh, does. When he attacks Kylo, oh my God, that's yeah. it's intense. And it's a, also kind of really showing that even Luke Skywalker is going between good and evil. Yeah, not so simple. And I, and I like, you know, I always like the meta energy of an actor so excited to be given the chance mm. that you can feel how much they're fucking given into the movie. Mm-hmm. That he can't believe he's getting to play this part. You know? Yeah. Even though he sort of talked about how freaked out he was by Ryan Johnson's, like, take on Luke. Yeah. I think he thought he was just going to get to play, like, heroic Luke. Right. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. Originally, you know? Well, how does Luke get one over to, uh, like, work with Rey after ignoring her for a while? He goes to the Falcon. Oh. He's sort of exploring around because he's, you know, wrestling with the death of Han. She asks about, right, he asks about Han because he sees Chewie. yeah. Where's Han? What happened to Han? Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he sees the dice. Uh, sees the dice, which yeah. are this like very like minor piece of lore, but they are in the original all movie. Of, yeah, yeah. And they're not in all of them. They're only in oh. the original movie and Force Awakens. Oh, really? the set dresser like forgot about them in the sequels. Weird. Um, but I always knew about the dice because like any of the like like the Star Wars cards and all yeah. that, you know, they were always like throw them in. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of fans are like, Han was like, he had dice? What's this? It's not like Han yeah. was like, I'm the dice man. No, but know? it's like the fucking dice, the fuzzy dice. And the- no, I know. Right. What yeah, 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 of course. I mean, yeah. he did do that smoking trick. Right? He did put, do the, yeah, put his arm around dickery, his head. Dickery dock. Yeah. Little Liss <laughs> Muffet. Why can't I speak today? I'm literally mispronouncing every word every time I try to do a bit. Correct. Uh, well done. Do you uh, want to get so a clean take? Who does he yeah, run into? Okay. Oh, for- Little Liss Muffet. <laughs> <laughs> who does he run into on the Falcon? You're really struggling to remember Our buddy this. R2-D2. R2-D2. Our good friend R2-D2. And I, in what I think is a pretty cute little prod from Ryan Johnson to J.J. Abrams. Yeah. R2, he's talking, R2 says like, you know, essentially I think he's saying, like, what the fuck's the matter with you living right, on this island? Watch the language. Sacred island, watch the language. Yeah. Uh, and then R2, he's like, nothing, I'm not doing this. No I'm way. not interested. No nothing way, Nothing you Jose. could do. Yeah. And R2 plays the Leia tape. Yeah. And he goes, like, that's, that's a cheap shot, buddy. Which, especially now with the passing of Carrie Fisher, like, that was the moment that brought me closest to tears. Oh, it's so good. Um, but I also do. Break, right? Yeah. It, it did get one. Yeah. And, and it just, um, it's, it, it conjures up the optimism of. Sure. Of his original story and. Right. The, he's now so know, hard and The thrill cynical. of the rebellion. And right. Like, and yeah. he's, he's seeing that Ray is, like. Leia, like him at that point, at that age, where it's like they actually believe that they can save the galaxy. And maybe the people who think that that's possible are the people who need to be empowered to do so. At least try. So he starts training Ray, and uh, we pretty quickly have... Yeah, the music, I mean, the music cue, and you should listen to the score, and I believe uh, the cue is, the the, the track is called, um, maybe it's called... The Last Jedi might actually be called that. Okay. Like of Luke marching out is John Williams yeah. is just like, hey man, I ain't dead. Yeah. You know, but um, he starts training Ray. We have my favorite scene in the movie. Which is? 
the first lesson. He says he's going to give her three lessons. With the, with the pebbles? Yes, yeah. where essentially he's sort of probing her force powers. But yeah. beyond that, he is explaining what the force is. <sighs> yeah, this is really In wonderful. this way that films have never even tried to do before in it's a poetic really, manner. It's it's like a Terrence Malick sequence. Yes. Like it becomes it like is, the tree of life. It's wonderful. Yeah. I really think, I it's, think so it's, it's very economical. It's not over the top. Yeah. And he's just like, she, I mean, there's also the line where he's like, what's the force? And she's like, it's this like magic power. You can make people do things and lift rocks and no, stuff. 100% wrong. Uh, and he's like, that's not what it is. And then he does the thing where he tickles her finger with the, the leaf, leaf, which that's, is really that's funny. funny. And like, I'll, give, I'll give him two comedy points for that. I'll give him five. It's really funny. Because um, he, he's like, look at him in that scene when yeah, you rewatch oh, yeah. it. Where he's like, oh, yeah, that must be the force. That's what it is. Do you know what's the thing I find very interesting about this film? Uh, Ryan Johnson is on record as a as a Phantom Menace trilogy defender. Uh huh. Okay, I didn't know that. And you know, you wonder how much of that is like diplomatic now that he's like you know part of the machinery. But he seems to talk about it intelligently enough and be like, it's its own thing. Guy. I respect it for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of him trying to bridge the gap between the two. Yeah. And make those first three Phantom Menace movies work more in the larger context here. Right. And he's sort of like not throwing out anything. In the Phantom Menace trilogy, but getting into like a deeper thing where he's like, I'm not saying it's not midi chlorians. No, no, but I'm also we're just not, not going to talk about that. And I'm right. also not saying it's everything they said in the original three. Sure, right. I'm I'm getting to like I'm an old dude here. Here's what the force really fucking is. Here's what the force means to me. You know, he's yeah. like, what do you feel? And yeah. she's like, life, death. You know, peace, uh, violence. Yeah. Right. Like she keeps sort of, and he's like, in between it all, and she says, balance. Yeah, and. It's these these nice visual representations of all yeah. these things as she sort of, but Luke's point is right, balance. It's for everybody. Like yeah. this isn't a Jedi thing. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean the the future of the galaxy rests on the undecided voters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have your first order, you have your resistance. God. Yeah, and it's, it's a polarized like, time. Yeah, it's You're a right. polarized time. You need you need the people who are aware of the balance and moderation to be able to fucking nurture that. But then she like forces out and cracks things and floats some pebbles and has a vision of this like sort of dark place on this the island. Pool, this like weird sinkhole. It's cool. And then also he he flips out. Yeah, he's like, You're too powerful. I've seen that power once. This before. is like Ben. I wasn't scared of him. I'm scared of you yeah and she makes it clear that she felt everything on the island but other him. than him right. he's turned himself off to the force yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's gone force so came now. here to die came here to die along with the jedi um so what's happening at the same time as all this island shit mm -hmm. is that ray's having these conversations with kylo ren yes they keep meeting each other in their minds yeah, which I think is a really cool cinematic device. I think it's awesome. It's very simple, but it's done very well. Able to do this cross-cutting conversational thing. Yeah, where they're in their own rooms. They you know, and the only time you see them together in the same yeah. room, it's this like kind of frightening sight. Yeah, where it's like they've gotten so close that they can actually sort of like sort of manifest themselves in front of each other. Yeah, and I think uh, this definitely feels like he had the opposite actor on each set. Oh, doing this off camera because it's, it's very. That's uh, interesting. I wonder about that because that would have been such a task. They're very focused performances. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're so good. Yeah, and they're really relating to each other, even though they're in different backgrounds. Like, you know, you rarely get them in the same shot in any of these conversations. Every once in a while, you have one of them peeking into the other one's place for a moment. Um, but it, but it's that kind of like super analog trickery that almost excites me most in big movies like this. Um. Yeah, agreed. doing shot reverse shot in different ends of the galaxy, and it's like 
it's sort of playing in the pool of like the Ray Kylo Ren connection where it's like, Oh, are they related? Is that why yeah. this is happening? Are they in love? Is that why this is happening? Like, but also, is Ray going to turn evil? Is he going to turn good? This like, other thing that Ryan Johnson's really trying to do, which is like, yes, all of this is indebted to the previous Star Wars films. Yeah. But I'm not making this the exact same dynamic we've done before. Right. These yeah. two characters yeah. as figureheads are going to be different than the protagonists and villains we've had before. But also, what they represent, the forces that they're leading, you know? Yeah. This it, it, it's we're gonna hang closer to the middle. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's not yeah, yeah, so yeah. much about stark opposites anymore. Well, and also it's like these characters are so, like their place in the world is so volatile. You know, like Kylo Ren's the whole point yeah. of him is he's this like fountain of power, and and, and the, since he yeah. got turned, like Ray is this sort of fountain that's risen. Like, and you there know. are characters that are burdened by legacy. He wants to be Darth Vader, and she right. wants to be Luke Skywalker, and both sure. of them are starting to wonder, like, wait, who are these actual people but that I, I'm trying to be? I love that about Ray, though. That in the I last movie she wants to be Han Solo, and in yeah. this movie she's like, I mean, he's cool, but I think I might want to be Luke Skywalker. And we know right. that in the next movie she's going to want to be Watto. Um, but uh, this is where Driver starts to really fucking blow me away Mm -hmm. because he this whole movie is him just like a coin somehow balancing up on its side right waiting to see where it's gonna fall and he actually creates an astonishing amount of tension right trying to figure out uh, where he's gonna go? Yeah, and whether or not he's manipulating you, the audience, whether he's manipulating her, yeah, or if he's genuinely that conflicted and he does it all in a very bottled way i mean it's the thing about acting where it's like but he's, it's always more interesting to watch someone try to hold back than well, to show he's so good at in and, something and like he's Patterson trying and not to show anything but right. you're seeing the emotion seep out from all sides of him the hatred <laughs> the, yeah. the vulnerability yeah. all of it i said this before you got here comparing this performance with hayden yeah it's I like, mean, he it's, just kills it. You actually, I mean, it, he's found a way to visualize through his yeah. face yeah. someone weighing the balance of his own morality. Yeah. I mean, Hayden had the problem of, one, his was being directed by George Lucas, and you know, two, he was acting alongside tennis balls. But three, right. he was playing this character where we're all like, he's going to be Darth Vader. Yeah. So anytime he's a bitch, sure, sure. Uh, not to you know, but yeah. like uh, not to be too glib about it. But anytime he's yeah. like, eh, we're like, oh, Darth Vader's supposed to be cool, man. What the? Fuck? But I'm watching you this know? movie and I'm going like, you know what? I, you know, whatever we are, like an hour into the movie or whatever, I'm watching and I'm going like, two hours into the podcast is yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm going. There's a chance that by the time we get to Episode nine. Yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren's the hero and Ray's the villain. Like, they could pull this off. When, Both I'm, of them are this, like, when yeah. I'm watching this movie, and they're starting to shake hands. The first time, I'm yeah. genuinely wondering is that the trick they're going to pull where yeah. saving Ray will be the focus of the ninth movie? Right. Like, is that going to happen? And I'm, I'm concerned because I don't want it to. Because mm-hmm. I just don't think you can pull it off. But it, it is amazing how close they feel, they feel to pulling yes. it off. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, he's planting this thing in her mind of like Luke's version of like the massacre yes. is a little different, like right. from my version. Yeah. Luke's version is I was evil and he, you know, he he rebelled. And my version is I woke up with Luke getting ready to kill me. He tried like to preemptively me. kill me. Yeah, there's this sort of Rashomon. Like we see the scene three times, right? And the third time is probably the closest to the truth, which is like Luke thought about it. He had the moment of weakness. And even in thinking about it, he helped propel Ben, you know, into becoming. Right. And that's uh, the main reason that he cast himself out of society. Yeah. Is that he felt like, 
I don't want to be Luke Skywalker, the legend. I can't handle that. He just loves that milk right off the tip. Just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's sucking right off the tip. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now. Oh, we the nuns. Fish nuns. Oh, yeah, they're fish nuns. Just want to shout them out. Turtle nuns. uh, They're great, and I love them. So uh, they live on the island, and, and they're the great. running bit with with like Ray. Ray keeps smashing shit. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> fucking girl. Man. So we've we've covered a good degree of the Canto Bite stuff just by zooming ahead. But oh yeah, but they're well, sent come there on. because they need someone who can. So yeah. they talk to Maz, an eighth build Lapita Nyong'o appearing hey, only via hologram. I think that that's a pretty good joke though. Yeah, where she's like having some kind of wacky space adventure, yes. like that we should see in a spinoff movie. Yeah, which is a union dispute. She says, "Uh huh." What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, good comedy. Yeah, whatever. I so, want Maz in nine now. I do too. Like I want Maz to do a whole bit. I miss Maz. She's great. Yeah. Uh, but but she's like right. Go recruit my friend, the master code breaker. He's on Canto Bite. He wears a red flower. Yeah, he co-wrote lapel. Iron Man too. <laughs> <laughs> Rock of Ages. Everyone talks about his dick a lot. Yeah, which is like kind of a weird double standard that we haven't really started investigating well, yet. Well, we're starting to, I think. Yeah, but let's yeah. start digging into that. Yeah, well, you talk about dicks a lot. I do, but I think in a very pod. positive way, I think. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I think in a very progressive way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, they go to try to recruit him at the Casino Planet Canto Bite, which has become another point of people going like, this feels like prequel shit. And I look at it and I'm like, this feels like the good execution of what Lucas was trying to do in the prequels. Here's what this feels like. It's awesome. Yeah, it feels like One, Star Wars. John Williams is like, again, like, I'm not dead. Like, He's throwing out some bangers. Oh my God. The score for this whole sequence is amazing. That yeah. long shot uh, Ryan does where, you know, he pushes through the casino. Yeah. And you just see 8,000 amazing creatures doing weird gambling stuff. I also, look, I love space drunks, right? Oh, space drunks. Yeah, there's that weird little, like, gremlin who starts putting coins into BB-8. But up until now, we've only been in space dive bars where it's like, this sure, is this right. is a, a hive of scum and is, villainy. Right, because, I mean, again, it's that cut of Rose being like, it's the worst place. And you're like, right. oh, it's like Moss Eisley. And then you cut to these people being like, ooh yeah. yeah, They're, like, clinking their champagne space glasses. Space monocles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. right. This is like a high thread count scum. Yes. Throw looks great. He slams his dick out in the table. He's, but he's obviously, he's your red herring, right? Red Correct. flower, red herring. He's yeah. awesome. And I'd love to see a whole movie about Justin Thoreau, uh, James Bond, you know? Yes. Space Bond. Uh, but instead they get thrown into the slammer. Because they parked in the wrong place. Because poor people are not allowed to be in this casino. Planet. And they can sniff them out immediately. Exactly. And these are all war profiteers. Yeah, they're arms dealers, they're weapons people. Like that's what that's Rose way is to pointing out to money. Finn. Like that's how you. What's the biggest uh, business in, in the galaxy? World. Wars. It's not called Star Peace, baby. So they get thrown in the slammer in the tombs, the drunk tank, right? Yeah. Along with a lawyer, played yeah. by full Benicio del Toro. Now I have to say, this is a big movie. This is a crazy big budget, right? Yeah. Uh, state of the art resources. This film has the single most incredible special effect I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know if it's digital. I don't know if it's practical. I can't tell if it's a prosthetic. Uh If it's an animatronic. They have found some way to make Benicio Del Toro look tired. (laughs) That was your big joke. Uh, that you didn't want me to spoil, it I'm killed. assuming. Let's be honest. It, it was very funny. You the second he showed seconds. up. Yeah, it was very funny. The I said, sec- how'd they do it? How'd they do it? And I'm like, what? Said, what, wait, what? And he's like, how'd they make him look so tired? Pretty funny. <laughs> See, Ben, the joke is that Benicio Del Toro always looks sleep deprived. <laughs> Benicio Del Toro you know looks, he needs. looks like he's been in like hyper... He needs a Casper mattress. He does, yes. He's been hyper sleep since... Also some Mac Weldon. 
since the usual awesome suspects. Pro flowers. Because he's kind of doing the usual suspects he a is. little bit. Yes. That kind of like, yeah, like stuttering. He's got this stutter that he's added. Right? Yeah. He's going full Del Toro. I knew what they wanted. I like it. Oh, I love oh, it. I think I'm he's so fun. really my, into my it. My favorite thing is when he goes to get something from his little bunk in the yeah. prison and it's his boots and he drapes them over his shoulders. Yeah. Listen, we are you s- kidding me? Star scum. Okay. He is star scum. I like star scum. Yeah. I've been also, missing on some star scum. I also like that they're like, where are we going to find your cold breaker? And he's like, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. And they're like, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. We're fine. He's like, I'm just saying I can get you into Snoke's boudoir. You know, he's like, and they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. We don't want to deal with you. Yeah. It's only after he literally breaks out. They're like, yeah. I guess we should go Jesus with this Christ. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like a space crust punk. He's got a jughead hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like a pocket full of pins that he can use to like, they're essentially like lock picks, right? Yeah, yeah, like they're, space they're lock pretty cool. picks. They're pretty and he cool. says he's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a night court lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this whole sequence where they break the f- horses out and ride them around. Now, yeah. while I watched this sequence, I burst into tears and cried for the whole thing. Really? And then, like, the first time. And yeah. other people, as we were walking out, were like, I like the movie a lot, except for the space horses. Okay, I'm going to throw out a complaint that I think you're going to just go, nope, wrong, shut up. Uh-huh, great. Uh, I, I think I this- just I was very locked into Rose actualizing, like, her own feelings here with this sort of mutant Agreed, thing. 100%. And I like the kids and 100%. shit. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my gripe. Yeah. It's a little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the compositing in this movie is a little dodgy. Mm. I think whenever it gets into live action actors in a mostly CGI zone, the compositing oh, God, isn't as strong here. are always talking about compositing. Because it sticks out like a sore thumb. And I think, what? Which, which, you mean just them running? Yeah, when they're in like the full CGI environment, I also think it happens during the battle with uh, BB-8 on the walker and shit like that. There's some sequences where I think those are the two. The, it's, the, it's like a little muddier. The Spielberg. Uh, uh, I know. We talked about seventy-five twenty-five. I know. Because we, I think Ryan Johnson is pretty analog. He's an analog dude. Yeah, I, I agree. I and agree. and JJ maybe has a little more experience with that. You know, uh, Gareth Edwards maybe, has a little more experience with that. You know, Force Awakens also has a couple sequences where the visuals are kind of flat. Like you know, it's hard. This shit's hard. I agree. There's just a couple moments where they look like color forms placed onto a CGI oh my gosh, movie. I am. Big old nerd. I'm owning it. But uh, I I just like the idea, I guess. I do too. I like her getting the, you know, taking the um, saddle off at the end and there, the saying thing, this yes. now it's worth it. The yeah. thing that Phantom Menace trilogy defenders always throw out is like, look, J.J. was just rehashing the old movies. Like, Lucas was actually trying to do new shit with it. And it's like, here's the best of both worlds. Here's like new shit that's actually well executed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this isn't like fucking Dexter Jetster's Diner, which, let me say, is like, I mean, good food and affordable prices. Yeah. But thematically doesn't make a ton of sense. Sure. It's just this weird fucking 50s nostalgia bet. Whereas the casino thing is like, this actually says something about the universe, the structure of how it works. I agree. Now, I mocked openly a tweet that said something along the lines of like, this movie's worse than episode three. Even George Lucas never made a film where half the storyline is pointless filler. And I was like, one... Have you seen the pod race in episode one? The best sequence of all. <laughs> pointless filler. I mean, George Lucas is the king of pointless filler. I mean, that's what I call pod racing. <laughs> um, that was, to be fair, an official uh, CD compilation CD that was re- re- released 
in on Tatooine, right? Now, uh, that's what I call pod racing. Uh, correct. Uh, also, uh, w- weird of Barack Obama to tweet that, especially since he's been pretty quiet recently. I think he finally found something he wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you've been mocking that. I. I no. I think all this works, and I think it is. Whereas, like, yeah, right. I think this is not building. pointless filler. Yeah. Whereas, I think something like the pod race, which I do enjoy. Yeah. Is Lucas being like? Well, they can't just take the kid. <laughs> so uh, I guess there'll be like a whole thing about a, yeah. about a bet, a double bet on a pod race. But then this gets to I, one of my favorite elements of the movie, which is they're down in the trenches mm. and they see these kids who are like yeah. slaves, you yeah. know, tending after these uh, creatures. Yeah. And Rose and Finn are able to come to them and be like, hey, look. There's this key moment where Rose Secret uh, opens ring. her sort of French resistance decoder ring. Yeah. Yeah. And being like, we're in the resistance. Like, yeah. And you see them all just go like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Because like, here are two kids who like came out of nothing. Three. No, I'm saying Finn, oh, and, oh, Finn Rose. and Rose. Oh, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, it's like, these are now relatable heroes. This is them. true. This is true. They're, they're similar to these kids. Yes. They're upbringing, you know, mining planet for Rose. And it's kind of a meta thing about like what Star Wars order. means to children. You I know? love it. But it works. I love it. it. I mean, this to me feels like inherent to Johnson's initial pitch. Yeah. Because it's the ending of the movie Yeah, for these kids. Do you think that's what his trilogy is going to be, if not directly, kind Maybe. of? I'm yeah. wondering if, since it seems like episode nine is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga, he's going to make a new trilogy of new characters who are kind of the children of Maybe. the outcome of these films. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. He's Whether also kind of talked about like going to the further reaches though. So yeah. like maybe it won't be as sort of like fate of the galaxy oriented. That's my hope. Yeah. 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 Uh, new hope. It would be a, a great new hope. So back to Octo. Yeah. There's the big fight between Ray and Luke mm-hmm. where she sort of confronts him finally and says like, what happened with Ben? She also, before this, she goes down into the, the pit. Yeah. And does the Fuck infinite yeah. mirrors and yeah, the Yeah, man, what do you think of that sequence? She almost breaks into a Fosse number thing. Yeah, it's a Busby Berkeley sequence. Yeah, I like, think, I think the compositing is a little dodgy. But, but... I actually rolled my eyes at that. I was I, really yeah, annoyed about you that. You did a full, like, yeah. fucking George Clooney Ocean's 13 <laughs> eye roll. Yeah, that's a good call. Thank you. Um, but that, I, but I, like, I like the sequence a lot. I love that... I mean, look, I love the dark, the cave of evil in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I love Luke, you know, facing off against... You know, right, but, like, yeah. the metaphor is clear, right? In yes. That. I like... To me, the idea of this scene is... Oh, yes, definitely. Totally clear. No, in the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, sure. Okay. Like the metaphor is very clear. Luke chops yeah. off Darth right. Vader's oh, head. Right. Luke's face is underneath. We get yeah. it. But this he's one, his own worst enemy. But in this movie too, it's super clear. Well, I like that it's more. <laughs> I know poetic. exactly what they're saying. Yeah. She wants to see her parents, right. and she's like, you know, like at the end of this long line of rays, yeah. like trying to get to some like final answer. Yeah, and it's like you know he's telling us like. Ray, it's about Ray. She has to make her own destiny. Right. But, you know. She's looking for an answer that, that there is no easy fix. Exactly. But it's it not is. doing it in the way where it's. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, Ben's definitely saying all of our points in unison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like one of those things where we're singing a song and he's like, and eh, home oh, of the, the brave. brave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that sequence a lot. But then, right, that's when she, and right afterwards is when she confronts yeah. Luke. And they have that little fight with the sticks. I think that's cool. Yeah. 
where Luke's finally waking up, you know? Yeah, they're in the rain. And, you and know, he snaps off the branch and he sort of stops himself when right. she gets the lightsaber. Luke owns up to it. and But his his owning up is good and it feels yeah. right. Yeah, And she just kind of says to him, like, look, we need you now. I'm, I'm saying it one more time. I'm going to go off. Right. I know what I got to do. I think I can get Ben. I think I can win him back. Right. So you coming with me or not? And she holds out the lightsaber again. And he's like, hard pass. Yeah. And she's like, but is this hard pass like the way the blank check? Always say hard pass, where then it actually means that the performance coming up, is by good. The way. Coming up, yeah, yeah, that'll be an hour seven if you want to skip ahead. Um, and I can't believe I have to say. Well, whatever, it's fine. She leaves him there. She leaves him there, and she goes. She kind of pulls a Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, where she just surrenders to her enemy. You know, right in cha- in chains. You yes. know, but before we get to that sequence, which is the best. Uh huh. Uh, there's this shot that you thought was so pretty right after that where Luke is like, I've failed. And, you know, he's walking over to the tree and there's this shot you loved at the back of a character's head. Okay, I love that shot. It's the <laughs> shot after that that I don't like. Oh, okay. What shot is it you didn't like? I don't know. We we were joking about this shot yes. right at the end of the movie. Uh, Luke is having a moment of real... Uh, you know, he's going to go burn... Despondency. Burn down the tree. Burn the Jedi library of six books or whatever it is. And then... He's got like a flare. Yeah. The camera pans. And then who do we see? We see a fuzzy little head. Two pointy ears. Why, it's old Yoder himself. Yes. It's Yoder. The character we really came around on. Yeah. <laughs> Gets good later. <laughs> yeah. Um... And uh, surprise, there have been rumors that he was maybe in the movie Frank Oz. See, I had dodging. no idea. See, I had heard no inklings. idea. Do you want to know why I had inklings that he was maybe in the movie? Because I was really good about staying away from all the rumor mongering about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of fucking Muppet fan blogs. Anytime Frank Oz was doing anything and they questioned him about it, he'd give weird sketchy right, answers. It's because you're too in on the Muppets. That's the thing. I was staying away from this, the wars, but the Mups. Right. That's the crossover point. Yeah, and he was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm in it. Yoda's in the movie. Yoder is in the movie. And yeah. it cuts around to his front side. And immediately, we all went like, wait, is this CGI? Is it a puppet? They've clearly harkened back to the older design of Yoda. Right. Yoder, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a puppet. Yeah. I think it's Wall Puppeteer. Mm-hmm. They got the characterization 100% correct. That's what made me so happy. I think at the opening couple of shots, when they're putting that force ghost filter on him. He's got the blue halo. You know. That filter itself is so CGI that it makes the puppet look, look less tactile. And as the scene goes on and they drop the filter and he becomes more physical presence next to Luke, then I think the puppet looks great. Great. Let's talk about the scene. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yoder. Yeah. Yoda. Uh, here's, this is a, the, a great, great scene. I couldn't believe how good it was. Here's the thing they got right. Yoda's a little stinker. He's a little piece of shit. He's a little stinker. He's like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, this enfant terrible. He likes fucking with people. Well, and also it's like he's, he's a real prankster. He's watching Luke once again not go through with something. Where yeah. Luke's like, I'm totally going to burn it down. And then he's like, oh shit, I probably yeah. shouldn't. And so he just goes like, boop, and yeah. uh, lights it all on fire himself, yeah. Yoda. And he's like, who cares? Page Looks turners, like those books. Yeah. They were not. They were not. They're dumb books. Yeah. Boring. She, she Ray's got it. She, she gets yeah. it. Don't worry about her. Yoda essentially is like a dude who took his career too seriously and then later in life was like, oh, it's all play. Yeah, where he was just like, yeah, Jesus. What? 800 years of yeah. like fighting Yaddle's appointment right. on the Jedi I was the problem. <laughs> Let me own up, become the solution. Let me have some fun. Let me knock a stick around. 
Um, boil snakes. I mean, he's he's also just what what happened to George Lucas, right? I mean, that's what Yoda is. Yes. Like in the prequels is older George Lucas. The problem is that he Benjamin buttoned, you know, because yeah. he, he's it's in the younger Yoda that he's more George yeah. Lucasy, old George Lucas. Right. Senility really helped uh, Yoda. But I just like lighten up. You know, the thing about like that's the pain of being a master. We are what they grow beyond. It's yeah. so such a lovely line about like I agree. Like Obi-Wan's burden, Yoda's burden, you know, like all the burdens of all these like Jedis who've tried and kind of failed. But also like if Star Wars is going to continue to mean something, it has to be this generation's Star Wars, not a Star Wars that is too deeply rooted in the past. Uh-huh. This movie has to fully bridge us into a new generation that is not tied to the original films for emotional resonance. Right. Yes, 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 yes. You know? And yeah, and he's saying like, Luke, like, it's okay that you fucked up. Like you should talk about fucking up. Yeah, to Ray. It's you know she's will learn from your failures. But also, this is Ray's movie now. True. So just do what you can to help her, right? Because right, right, right. she's the lead now. Uh, love this scene. Just love what a little <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, little Grover he Trickster is. Trickster Yoda. Uh, he's a little stinker, and then I'm just very impressed that Ryan like knew took the swing. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we can we can be stodgy Yoda. old dumb right, fucking exactly. self serious Yoda. Yeah. Uh, he's a little stanker. And um, Ray gets in. The Falcon goes into her little escape pod, lands right. on the ship, and immediately is cuffed. Or she gets there. Yeah, she Ren's sees there. Ren, and she's like, hey, cool. So that conversation we were having, and he's like, nope, cuff her. Yeah, you then did this, whole, him, you did this whole no, 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 no with me for a Not while. Not nice. Not Takes her to the throne room. Yeah. Ben's favorite place. Oh, did we talk about the Red Boys? <laughs> Love those red boys. They got all kinds of cool, like, new, uh, like, lightsaber weaponry. Yeah, they have, like, light uh, blades. A light whip. Crimson samurai armor. They look a little bit like the uh, Dracula's armor from Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's really good design. Uh, They look great, and they're totally faceless masks. And you're just like, oh, are they just going to be really good background, right? Yeah, they might be, right. They could just be awesome set dressing. Right, like the Imperial Guards who never actually did anything. But in this scene, uh, Rey is is trying very hard to like, she thinks she can get in there and fuck with Snoke and fuck with Ren. She has this whole plan that she's going to turn Ren because she, when she has this charge conversation with him, she's like, I saw his future and he's going to be good. Yeah. And she keeps on trying to pull a fast one, force a lightsaber out. And they're like, what What the fuck are you doing? This amateur night. Yeah. What are you um, talking about? You're an open micer. Uh, this is the Snoke scene. Yeah. You think you can do like weekends, like three shows a night at like the fucking Yucklebone Boise? <sighs> uh-huh. You're That's not what a road dog yet. No. She's not a road dog. You're an dog. open micer. You got five good minutes. She has the thing, yeah. Where, yeah Your he, opener's weak. He clonks her with. You don't know crowd work. Enough. Enough, my God, man! <laughs> you madman! Ben's telling me to stretch for time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put the light up. Yeah. I got time. Oh uh, God! <laughs> so, uh, what's with this? Uh... Yeah. Let me let me do my chunk on millennials. He, he he clonks her with the lightsaber. That's cool. Yeah. What else? Um, I guess he's well, I, his crucial line to me is where he says, "Like, check this out, Ren." Like, yeah. Yeah, I told you. You get so dark, there's going to be someone to balance it out. 
And Ray's like, he's he was close. And and fucking sucks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been maneuvering this entire thing. Right. I bridged your mind. I know what a I'm, piss boy he is. Yeah, right. I set the two of you up. I'm everything's working according to plan. Don't think like you pulled anything on me. He's giving the Emperor monologue from Return of the Jedi, where he's like, Everything is my design. Uh, and what I like about this is despite his design being more monstrous, mm-hmm. I think Circus plays uh, Snoke more human than McDermott's Palpatine sure. in the later movies. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. playing them like he looks super fucking gross, but he's just a very kind of like he's a human evil. Yeah, he's a bad he's man. He's an asshole. A bad alien man, whatever he's an he is. asshole. He's a total asshole. He's yeah. like, ha ha ha. Yeah. I like to kill things and be bad. Yeah, I'm, I like being bad. And now I kill you. Yeah. And he tortures her. She gets lifted. That's a great shot of her yes. lifting in the air. Uh, gets the Luke info out of her. Mm-hmm. Finally, mm-hmm. took now him two movies. But then and he's like, "Great, gonna kill you now." Kylo's gonna do it, right? And we see Kylo's hesitation. He's got the lightsaber, and then the, she's that, pleading for her life. And then he's got the other hand going like this under the table, right? As Snoke is like, "I know what's happening." Yeah, you know, like I can see him. He's decisive. There's yeah. no more doubt in his mind. He's going to strike. Oh, because there was that earlier moment too when he has the shot to be able to take out Leia on the ship, and he doesn't take it. And someone else does. And you see him be affected. He couldn't so easily kill his mother. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, that, right. That is crucial. Right. I suppose that's sort of helping us believe Ray as well. That, right. Like, and he's fighting to be seen as decisive and unwavering. Uh, and so Snoke's like, yep, no, I can tell. You're about to do it, boy. And what does Kylo do? He takes that lightsaber, sends it right through Snoke's tummy. He takes him. Luke's lightsaber, spins it. Yep. And turns it on. Cuts him in twain. Answering Cleft in twain. Answering a question I have always had, I believe I've, I have asked on this podcast, which is why don't you just turn someone's lightsaber off with the force? Uh-huh. And the only response I ever got was, I guess, if you're fighting someone, you know, they're, they're sure. too strong to let you do that. Yeah. But he turns it on with the force. Yes. Uh, cool. Cuts him in half. And then there's this amazing and he, like, shot. Falls down. Right. He falls in half. It's so good. It rules. Uh, it's like uh, when the brother is killed in Walk Hard. <laughs> yes. And what's that line? Oh, it's so good. Go, go on, go on. Um, I'm gonna find the line. And uh, then there's this amazing shot where they look at each other and they're like, "It's on." Now they each have a lightsaber, and in slow motion they in, turn out. It's a wide shot. Yeah. In slow motion, right? They sort of go back to back. And I literally lean forward to the edge of my seat. What did I do? You maybe weren't paying attention. You tapped me on the shoulder? I don't no, know. No, I went like, yeah, like okay. that. David was punching the air. Yeah. And I'm leaning forward. I'm letting out giddy squeeze. And I'm all like. Yeah, okay. Ben looks like he's uh, surfing but confused. Yep. <laughs> he was sort of throwing his hands <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, and then they just have this awesome lightsaber battle where they fight all these guards. Dewey, I'm cut in half pretty bad. That's the yeah. line in Walkhard. Yeah, hard, Dewey, I'm cut in half pretty bad. Um and they take them all out and it's like great we got that done we win no but that's that's so good though yeah right that whole sword that whole sword fight's amazing yeah it rules yeah yeah the thing where like she tosses him the her lightsaber and he like goes like and like yeah. puts it and she's been practicing this kind of backhanded lightsaber mm. style yeah she does like a nice little drop right very cool uh kind of like a Sokotano. And then uh, they they win, right? Yeah. All, all bosses defeated. Yep. And she's like, okay, cool. So let's go back to the island and we'll be good guys together. And he's like, 
I was just so delighted by all this. Yeah. I was so happy that it wasn't like some kind of flop where it's like uh, now Ray's good and uh, Ray's evil and he's good. Yeah. And out with the old and with the new. We got to drop this past. Snoke's gone because like I was sort of enjoying Snoke. but too. You know, you don't know who he is, and you know, a, yeah. If if we're gonna care who he is, they're gonna need to suddenly do like a ton of Snoke shit. You yeah, know, Snoke spinoff. This movie would have to be like very Snoky. Yeah, would be, and, and you know, people over two years are going like he's Darth Plagueis. He's and it's like I was watching these people do this and being like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, you think after seeing Force Awakens that that's the character they're gonna sink all their energy people into? Thought he was Mace Windu. <laughs> do you know that theory? Yes, because he's bald. Yeah. Like that's all they had going for. Yeah. Him. Oh God! Anyway, uh, Kylo was like, "No, now I'm in fucking no." But he's calm. Join, yeah, he's calm. But he's like, calm. He's like, "I right. want you to join me. Let the past die." Right. It's not about the resistance anymore. It's not about the first order. It's about you and I ruling the galaxy together. We can make this right. Because what's happening at the same time is that you know we'll we'll get back to it. But Finn and well, we should whatever we, you know. Finn and Rose's heard, plan yeah. just kind of failed, and right. like they've the been captured, getting shelled. They they've gone undercover as oh, first God. order officers, but evil BB-8. Who's pretty cool. Yeah, and and people were worried that was going to be like a big fucking no, thing. No, he's just a bad little roundy. Yeah, he's a bad little to roundy. Quote, to quote Emily Yoshida. <laughs> he's, he's a bad a, little roundy. He's a bad, bad little roundy. He's a bad little roundy. And uh, so they're sort of captured now. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, he, he extends the offer to Ray, and she's like, hard pass. I mean, and, it's, again, it's sort of, it's an echo of something that's come before, but in a totally new dressing. Yeah. Uh, the sort of, you know, join me and we can rule the galaxy. Yes. Uh, she's not into it. She, uh, they, you know, is going to get, well, we don't know what happens because then cut back to the fucking space turn. Uh, oh, right, we got to wrap up space turn. Cause she's being, she's turn. being really icy and pose pretty bench. I'm at a this little point. worried. Yeah. And you know, because I'm like, is she just going to be like the sort of, you know, cold lady character who Poe has to like sort of push aside. You know right. what I mean? Like, is well, this going to be her thing whole... where he like holds her at gunpoint? Yeah, where he's right. like, "Fuck you, your plan sucks." Yeah, you have no way of dealing with this, so I'm gonna like put you in the brig and we're gonna do Finn's whole crazy plan. Yeah, and then that doesn't work. No, and Leia shoots Finn at uh, yes. Poe, which is great. Yeah, with uh, her old gun with yeah. the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then um, space turn, space turn. I mean, but well, before we get to, I just, do you, you like the throne room fight? Like how, how did you yeah, feel? I love it. How I'm shocked cool. were you by Snoke's death? All of it. Like, great. Were you, you were perfect. You, but were you on board? I mean, like yeah, 100%. Or, I, on board is the wrong question. Like, were you prepared for that or like no. totally surprised or whatever? Yeah, you know, loved it. Loved it. And the double reverse. I loved it. Double reverse. Pretty good. Yeah. But right. At the same time, you've got Finn's plan failing. Finn and Rose's plan yes. failing. Although Benicio's having fun. Yeah, but I mean, yes. There's that he, cool little bit with her, you know, her jewelry thingy. It's a good conductor. Yeah. Yeah, but we left out that whole thick. thing. And, and, <laughs> and the whole line he says to Finn where he's like, hey, man, you know, yeah. everyone's bad. Yeah, because yeah, you made the wrong choice. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you um, think he's going to come back? Yeah. 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 I he's think sort he of the weird Lando. He's sort of like a uh, dark Lando. Yeah. Like, like kind of Lando, except he doesn't like, cause when the ATST started firing at them, I'm yeah. like, Oh, maybe he's in there. Right. But he wasn't, which was good. Cause that would have been maybe a little too. Right. Lando sudden. without the people skills. Uh, right. Yeah. So while Finn and yeah, but like, uh, you know, so while this plan of evacuation space, is being executed, space, space, turn stays behind. Space, turn space, turn space, turn space, turn to protect. And then as, you know, the plan starts to fall apart and these little transports are getting shot. Right. She goes into hyperspace. Well, because, yeah, Leia's woken up at this point. Yeah. And 
and shoots Poe and is like, shut up, the plan makes sense, which is essentially like we go to this little base over here. And she explains to Poe like, down. Yeah, Holdo's doing the right thing. She's not about looking heroic. She's about getting the work done. Right. Maybe you should take a lesson fucking from idiot. her. She's like, a fucking fighter pilot. She rules. I taught her. She's space darn. Your plan is one in a million. And like, yeah. you know, we've had luck with that in the past, but yeah. it's luck. She got an Oscar nomination for less than seven minutes of screen time in Wild. She's Maybe good. fucking shut up and uh, pay attention. And, and excuse me, by the way, she's good. Yeah, take notes. Oscar Isaac could have been wild. Space Dern is... Good. So the hyperspace she uh, goes ram. on a fucking uh, hyperspace ram. Mission. Just really quick, you know, Blue Velvet's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, of course it is. Hopper's so crazy. <laughs> Blue Velvet. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so Blue Velvet goes on her hyperspace ram. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. What do you think of that? That's awesome. really nice, and it's silent. Yes. It's an image we've never seen before. Yeah, I hated that she was dying selfishly because I want a trilogy of space Dern films. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's kind of the Smiths of the, the new series, I All guess. All about Space Turn. Yeah, yeah, she's my Smiths. Yeah. She's my Smiths. She's my North Star. Right. Uh, okay, so now, great sacrifice. She's taken out a bunch of ships. Uh, Finn fights Ka- Phasma, knocks her down to become bronzed. <laughs> yeah. Rebel scum. You were always scum, rebel scum. Yeah. Get that one eye, one shot of Gwendolyn Christie's eye. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um... And uh, I hope in, in the next movie when she comes back is uh, zombie phasma, bronze yeah. phasma, and she takes off her mask. Uh-huh. It turns out only that one eye looks human. The rest of her face does. Like- <laughs> that, yeah. She looks normal still underneath. And she's like, oh, this is what I always look like. I'm one human eye and then I'm bug. <laughs> I'm all bug. Uh, she's uh, she's cool. I yeah. like that they shoot at her and it just doesn't work. Yeah. That armor's cool. Yeah. Phasma, who cares? Um, uh, great. And so then uh, uh, what happens now? They're all sort of unified. They know the place to go, which is this salt planet. There's an old base there and yeah, they can hide out there. Sorry. What's the name of the planet again? Uh, it's called Crate. Crate. Uh, love this planet. White and red. So it's like, oh, is this Hoth? No. Mm-mm. Not cold. Salt. It's not snow. What is it, Ben? Salty. Salty. Guy spits it out. Mm. Salt. Salty planet. Garth Jennings goes like, mm. Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Yeah, Garth, Garth Jennings is another one of those. He's the it? Hitchhiker's Guide to the right. Hammer and tongs or Hammer whatever the fuck tongs, they're called. Right red, red dust, though? Red dust uh, is pretty cool. So Because, you know, I like... I like- Dirt. I like yeah. when, when shit gets dirty. And, and this, this is, is good. And this the is, red salt mines when they go inside the cave uh, are gorgeous. Oh, those those like crystalline structures. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, love it. And the crystal critters. Crystal foxes. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, love them. Yeah, good it's stuff. It's sort of like a shitty old rebel thing. You see them set up like the old rebel laptops, you know, <laughs> like those right, weird like, little. Like, oh, now the resistance is like <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. They're like, yeah, does anyone have the Wi-Fi password? Got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. It's like, let's make it real fucking scrappy. And their plan is like, well, now we're here. We can call the old original trilogy bros who are still like scattered out there. Maybe, yeah. you know, using Leia's like, use my code. Yeah. Doesn't work. Right. No one comes. No one comes. And now the first order is there with their gorilla walkers. Yes, but what also what if ATAT is gorilla? They're cool those things, but also before then we've you know had this great scene which at my press screening everyone laughed out loud. No one laughed in our screening mm-hmm. where Hux is standing over Kylo Ren. He's just got this look of like this fucking guy and like takes his gun out like he reaches for his gun. Yeah, and then Kylo Ren wakes up and he immediately is like I forget you know. 
There's also that thing where, like, Hux is like, what are we going to do? We don't have a leader now. Yeah. Well, that's the next thing that happens. Kylo force chokes him until he's like, I mean, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> do we, do we do have a leader. He says the you. Supreme Leader is dead. Yeah. Long live the Supreme Leader. Yeah. Uh, there's also the best gag in the entire movie. If I'm going to give one million comedy points to anything, it is a shot of a ship slowly lowering down thrusters. So good. I think to myself, that design looks a lot like an iron. And then it is, in fact, just an iron. <laughs> Pressing the beautiful fascist uniform. Yes. Uh, so that happened an hour ago in the movie, but I just oh, want to call so that good. out. A million comedy points. And then, uh, yeah, they're sort of gearing up for this final battle. And who shows up? Old Lukey Skywalker. Yeah. Where they're like, hope is officially gone. He shows up. He looks great. Mm-hmm. He looks like old, like sort of the Luke we've glimpsed in flashback. Cut like his trainer hair. Luke. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he looks even younger. He's not wearing craggy. his like weird, you know, island robes. Right. Like, he's he's like wearing half sort of closer to like the Return of the Jedi yeah. outfit, the black sort of Jedi kind of thing. And uh, he's he has a lovely confrontation with Leia. I'm so happy they shot something with the two of them together. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, thank fucking God. Where he's saying sorry to her. She has the uh, I changed my hair line that's really good. Yeah. Uh, I love Carrie Gives Fisher. 3PO a little wink. Yeah. 3PO is kind of funny in this movie. Yeah. I like the Leia line where she's like, wipe that expression off your face. Yeah. I just, I, I miss Carrie Fisher. It's, it's she's rough. She's such a badass. She is. She's a badass in this. Um, and then there's this sort of final battle. They have these like creaky ships that cool don't ships. really fly well, so they have to put out like a little tripod and sort of yes. like skate. mono skis. Mono skis. Yes, and they've got open cockpits, which right. I love. And Rose is kind of having to like nudge Finn and help him. They're going towards this big sort of blaster gun they have, and Finn thinks that he has to make the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's everyone else. I mean, Poe has that moment of like, oh, he's learned his lesson where he's like, yeah. this is a suicide run. We're not going to destroy this gun. Yeah. Like, as much as we might want to be badasses. Right. So, break off. And Finn's, like, Finn is now, they're like, no, we got to do it. Like, you know. Right. He's ready to die. Yeah. Rose saves him. Yeah. I love it. Says the line you love. We're not going to win, like, killing the things. Like, and now I've, now I've forgotten it, but, you know. I find it a little sweaty that she's passed out. Then he shakes her. Uh-huh. She says this one line beautifully, kisses him, and then passes out again. When she comes to, she's very alert. And then she immediately passes out again. Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Come on, man. But then Luke comes out, fucking lone man, and they realize, like, oh, Luke's taking the hit for us. He knows we need to survive so the resistance can exist. Right. This is our opportunity to escape. How do we get out of here? Let Luke take this. Lone man facing out against the ships. Right. Their escape is less important. It's the right. It's the Luke thing. Everything you got against them. Uh, Yeah, but I just love Adam Driver in this scene so much. Yeah. And also, I love that joke, the, the similar joke where the when the Millennium Falcon shows up and Ray is helping out, yeah, with Chewie, yeah, and they she like diverts the Tie Fighters, yeah. and Oscar uh, Poe is like they hate that ship or yeah. Finn is I can't remember one of the you know, yeah. and that's that's funny, yeah, it's funny, it's good comedy, it's, you know, it's the Millennium Falcon, yes. So uh, they fire everything. Luke is unscathed. He brushes the dirt off his shoulder. It's great. I'm a little too much paprika on the sandwich. No, I I clap. And you do. And uh, then uh, Kylo comes out for the confrontation. Yeah. Uh, David. What, yeah. I like to clap. I All right. <laughs> ben hated that. You're trolling oh. Ben right now. Go on. Um, and uh, Luke tries to convince Kylo. No, he doesn't. What do you mean? That, that he's wrong. 
No, he doesn't. Not really. He just, he says, I'm not here. You know, like Kylo Ren's like, are you here to apologize? And looks like, no. And Kylo Ren's like, good. Yeah. And then Luke is essentially saying like, you can't beat me. Yeah. You strike me down. I'm never going to leave yeah, back you. back off, motherfucker. Just like your father. Yeah. Kylo Ren tries to strike him down and doesn't work. Just like it hasn't been working. Yeah. It goes right through him. I just love how Driver is playing this mix of like total fear and total rage in one person at one you know like you know like luke is so frightening to him so can i ask you something that's been it turns out luke's like a force projection like he's like manifested himself on this planet what do you think the movie accomplishes by doing that when he's going to sacrifice himself anyway uh what do you mean the whole point is that he's keeping kylo like he would just get destroyed immediately like one shot and he's dead the whole point is that he's Mm -hmm. stalling yeah i know that that that. he buys them many minutes of time by like and beyond that, a force it's really important that he looks like the man Kylo Ren last saw. Sure, he sure, looks like sure. Luke, who we've yeah. seen. He looks exactly like Luke in the flashbacks. Yeah, rather than scraggly old, you know, you know, alien tit milk Luke. Right, and then you get the reveal that he's like <laughs> Phase Three Iron Man, where he wasn't actually there, right. and he's back in the cave wearing the white robes. He's literally like this, like ghost of Christmas past for Kylo Ren. Like that's yeah. what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. I also, it also just would not make a lot of sense that Luke got there. How the sure. fuck would he get there? Sure. I mean, we see his X-wing in the water. Yeah. Like you know, under the water. Yeah. But he, like, his door is made of an X-wing, like piece. Yeah, he salvaged that. Like ship. that. That ship's not really like. So he's it's got like a book of Henry House, right? And um, I think it's just also like you know, Han did cool. Han shit flying yeah. around and shooting stuff, right? Yeah. But like Luke is a Jedi. Yeah. It's cool that he does a crazy Jedi thing. Yeah, sure. You and, know. And he lets himself go. He sort of surrenders to the force in I the way that Obi-Wan a, a, did. A nice different way yeah. to kill off a legacy character yeah. when Han obviously got a saber. Before he was a hologram, you know? that's what I thought was gonna happen was that Kylo Ren would charge at him before he gets there, he would turn into the ropes. Right, but I think... And instead what, they do it back in the cave. I think what I didn't like about that is, one, that's Obi-Wan. So it's like sort of sure. like you're rhyming it too much, and Han's death is so Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's such a like specific yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. echo of it. Right. Where, and I love the thing of Luke on the uh, yeah. rock, mm-hmm. seeing the twin sons of Tatooine as he dies. That's yeah. such a smart image. Yeah, you got really choked up. Now. It's so good. It's really good. And, and it's so like... Poetic, like this movie is poetic in a way. These movies usually can't be bothered to be, or don't sure. have the strength, you know, whatever. Don't have the sort of right time to be. Maybe you know, it's right. like that is a very like simple, effective image. And and meanwhile, that's borrowing yes. from the past, but you know, using it for an interesting new way. Ray has landed on crate, and they've all tried to find an escape out of these caves. Right, and, and she instead, does her cool Jedi shit too. Yeah, she gets them all out, lifting rocks, and her and. Finn she gets to hug Finn. Yeah. She gets to meet Poe. <laughs> Which is a really good joke. It's a good joke. Yeah. They never met. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're like, what are we going to do? The resistance. We're like, we're bootstrapping it here. And Leia's like, we got everything we need. Like, we look at everything us. Everything we Oscar need. Oscar Isaac. Chewbacca. <laughs> three Porgs. <laughs> <laughs> BB-8? Yeah. Uh, the Bobby other Bertramate. Yeah. Bobby Bertramate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got a good skeleton crew. They've got that sort of alien guy who sort of the, yeah the, the Asting. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's so cool. I love yeah, that guy. He's nice. Yeah, 
Did they still have a, a, a PZ4CO? You know that guy? Uh, he's like the blue droid with the long neck, the giraffe I neck. I don't know. I don't know. He's I'll a really cool him. design who's been at the Resistance base in the last two movies. I can't remember if he's still alive at this point or not. Uh, Constable Zubio is there, obviously. You got uh, Connix? Uh, yeah, she's Connix. still around. I think Connix is still there. Connix? Am I right about Connix? Uh, yeah, I love yeah. that look uh, Ray gives where she sees this uh, bond Finn and Rose have made. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look jealous or sad. She just sort of acknowledges it. I think she looks a little sad a little in a way that's... wistful, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I don't know if that could have been a thing with us, but now I, I've Probably been... not. Right. And it's the sacrifice of, of the Jedi. She also has the great long uh, goodbye with uh, Kylo where they see each other again. Yeah. Oh, don't say anything. I think that's uh, very well handled. I think it's all. There's also a, a really nice joke of, of when Leia sees Chewbacca for the first time. She gives him a long hug because everyone criticized the last movie. For- oh, really? I didn't pick up on that. So I will yeah. watch for that. It happens earlier in the movie. No, no, of but course. She goes like, right. Chewbacca, so nice to see you. Love you, Chewbacca. Because the Force Awakens, he walks right past her. And, you know, The Empire Strikes Back ends on such a bummer, right? Yeah. You think this is how the movie's ending with, with this, like, we got a good team, and then there's, like, this, like, fucking Vanity Fair, like, fold-out, yeah, like, right, right. Them all any leave of it spread yeah, yeah. of all of them, like, posed perfectly like a Christmas card. And a shot of the Falcon, like, flying through hyperspace. And, and you're, you're like, like we're huh, ending, and then it cuts ending. to mm. a, a really beautiful ending. I think it's gorgeous. Like, the, the kids... Yeah. Uh, telling the story This of, little Cinderella boy. The kids from the, the you know, The little sweeper in the planet. basement. Telling the story uh, with the ring. He's of, got the dolls. Of Luke's, uh, you know, triumph. And, like, he's that's, doing a little merchandise you know, the spotlight. Whole, he's passing on the legacy. Oh, Jesus, he has to do the merchandise spotlight. He's passing Fuck. on the legacy. Yeah, yeah, we're and wrapping his, this up. his <laughs> shitty slave master alien yells at him. Pretty and he cool goes guy. out with his broom and he looks off. No, but what does he do with the broom? You didn't pick up on this? What, he starts swinging around like a lightsaber? No, he, he calls oh. the broom to his hand. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. He's this got kid force, force power. That's why I think this kid's going to be a key yeah, figure or whatever. in whatever the Ryan yeah, Johnson yeah, yeah, thing yeah. is. Like some older version of him. Yeah, maybe. I exactly. Know. I don't think it's going to be this kid. No, I think right. it is. I think okay. it is. It's going to be that kid. They're going to wait 40 years for him to become older, though. Right. It's going to be boyhood. That's yeah. what he's doing, boyhood. Yeah. What's your fucking merchandise spotlight? Oh, no. <laughs> the worst kind of merchandise spotlight is when Griffin immediately like looks at the floor. It's backs up. We know it's a visual bit. We hear rustling. Yeah, a great visual bit for a demonstration. Our He's got a, a purple bag. It's from Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. What's your favorite uh, branch of Toys R Us that you go to? Uh, well, there are only... Uh, there, there's a new one in Times Square now, but okay. I don't know how permanent it is. And then there is um, the one uh, near here at Herald Square. New York City lost its best Toys R Us, which was sure. the proper Times Square one. There's a one in the Bronx that I like to go to because no one goes there and sometimes they have good items. Uh, but this is unimportant. Interesting. This is unimportant, David, okay? Okay. Because since The Last Jedi product line was revealed around August, September for Force Friday, mm-hmm. I have been inundated with at tweets. When are you going to weigh in on this? Okay. The new advancement in in the toy line. Mm -hmm. Because you may remember in the year 1999, Kenner announced that now toys talk. Yes. The invention of the Comtex. Comtex, right. Figures too small to include a voice chip themselves came with plastic dog tags that you could swipe across a reader that vaguely looks like a prop from the film in order to make toys talk. Yes. A conclusive failure. Mm-hmm. Something that Except only Except for this podcast I liked And the, uh, I brought it A little bit of a second wind Right Clearly they would never Try something like that again Except They did These crazy bastards Did it In the same way That the new fucking trilogy Rhymes with things In the old trilogy They have created 
the force link. Oh no. Okay? So here's here's what this new fucking toy line is. The smaller figures, which is not my scale, usually. I tend to be a six inch man. Sure. But I'm delving into the three and three quarter inch waters for the sake of this spot, like buying items I would not have bought otherwise. You just removed a cloak. Plastic cloak. Okay, this is the Force Link starter set, okay? Oh no. So this isn't even a toy. It is. Oh, okay. Because it comes with a little Kylo. Okay. Okay. That's cool. And a little cloak. And then rather than the communicator you had to get for the Comtech chips. Right, which was stupid. This is even dumber. Uh huh. You have to wear this thing on your wrist. It's like the size of a fucking. I, it's so big. Yeah, it's really shitty, and you have to wear it, it on the back like, of your wrist like this, which it, is really counterintuitive. It looks like the um, the beacon that uh, they have Correct. in the movie. Yeah, much like the Comtech was supposed to look like that that fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus. So you have to wear this thing on the back of your forearm, and then flip your wrist up to activate it, and then you put a figure in your hand, and then when you, it was working before. Because the, the <laughs> angles are the problem. There we go. Okay, so now if I swing, it makes lightsaber noises. And if I tap it. I mean, I guess I Sure. I guess I can see that if you are a kid who wants to play yeah. with your toys. Yeah. It's sort Which of. If I'm not, I'm a serious adult collector. Right. It sort of hides the like, you know, you don't, you can do it all in one hand. I guess yeah. is that the idea of it? Okay, you want to hear my take? Yeah. I hate it. I think it's dumb. Yeah, it seems ridiculous. I think if you want to hold toys in your hand and make noises, you can make them with your mouth. This takes so many tries to get right. All right, all right. But also, they had a buy one, get one 40% off deal. We should let him keep going. I mean, we'll we'll get it in Amazingly, I have a hard out four hours from when we started. (laughs) Didn't think to mention it. (laughs) It's Ray? And the, the guard thing. So are those guards a knight of Ren, or are they just guards? No, they're elite Praetorian guards. So we we still don't know what happened. Ben's head is literally down on the console. (laughs) We still don't know what happened to the knights of Ren, right? No. Yeah, interesting. Ben's asleep. I wonder if if they'll, like, have a role in uh, Jesus Christ. I should have gotten Space Nisio. I wish I had gotten him. I want to hear Benicio the talk. I'll say the audio quality on this is better than the Comtech chips, but I think it's even dumber. We should say that Space Nisio del Toro is called DJ, but I don't, I don't know if his I'm name pretty is. Pretty sure his name is Space Nisio del Toro. Here's how uh, del Toro likens his character. Okay. To a knife. Ooh. I'm trying to make this. this so s- These guys don't talk. So yeah, just, they don't have any lines. It just. They're talking about the Red Boys. Makes a sword noise. Do you think they like Red Bull? Yes. <laughs> ben just had to move his whole head to say yes. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Okay. Um, you know, really crinkle it up, though, yeah. I'm with the Resistance. See, you wouldn't have known that if you hadn't bought this. <laughs> the first order are everywhere. Everywhere. True. That's a bad product. All right, make a prediction. End this. Okay. Enough. I'm not done. Del, Del Toro likens his character to a knife, saying, if you grab him by the blade, he'll cut you. If you grab him by the handle, he can be very useful. Let's talk about this more. We haven't had enough episode. I think it makes 215 this weekend. Uh-huh. Sure. They're predicting right. 210 right now. Yeah. I think it the, opened to, it had 45 uh, on Thursday night alone. It's going to have about 100 on Friday, they say. Yeah, sure. I think the backlash is going to even out. I think the early critics were, like, overly enthusiastic. 
I think now the hardcore Star Wars obsessives are overly negative, and I think we'll end up with people going like, yeah, I like Star Wars. Right. Good movie, excited about the next one. I think it will make significantly less than The Force Awakens. Um, but it's also worth noting that like Empire did the least of the original trilogy. And well, it'll make less than The Force Awakens, of yeah, course. Right. Nothing's going to make more than that thing. It'll make like 650. No, it'll make more than that, I think. That's, uh, that's a good bet. You're saying 650? Do you think it's going to crack seven? I, I'm going to go like... Like, let's say 750. I'm essentially betting it makes in between Force Awakens and Rogue One. So 750. Okay. Uh, Rogue One made 530. Is yes. that right? 560? Right. So, Rogue One essentially made 500 and Force Awakens so, essentially made a billion. So if we're going prices right rules without going over, I'm going to stay at 600. Okay. Yeah. So I can have, I'm claiming yeah, the I 600. Get it, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. You can have it if you want. I just think I'll be closer. I'll take it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I won't be. I mean, I I don't stop I, that. I'm not actively doing it. The take thing doesn't turn off. Thing. Oh, God. I regret buying these. <laughs> this isn't my scale. I'm a six-inch boy. Uh, okay. Are those, what, what are those? Three and three-quarter inch. You realize what that sounds like, right? I know. You think I'm not owning my bit? You think I'm not a master of well, comedy? I don't know. I marked cutting out your cock jokes. Don't do that. <laughs> Fat cock. Cut that out. There's no room for that kind of talk on this podcast. Fucking shit. Sacred podcast. That's a three and three quarter inch. Performance review. <laughs> Weaker sculpts. Mark Less Hamill. Less room for articulation. Limited paint ops. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Good. Everyone's good in this movie. Who are we going to give a bad review to? I don't know. Maybe maybe you really hated Daisy Ridley in this movie. She rules. I'd still like to take her out to a pasta dinner. Oh, no, we're not having your little routine about the sad boy taking Daisy Ridley out for dinner. You're right. Yes. You're right. You know what? Yeah. I've come into some money lately. I have a, a steady oh, job in the start of a TV show. Mm-hmm. I'll take her out to steak. Okay. All right. Steak, lobster, or vegetarian equivalent. I don't know what her diet is. Unfortunately, she only eats fish. Okay, they'll take her out I to was a reading about, dinner. I was reading about is her diet recently, yes. I, she watched some documentary that freaked her out about food production, Cut went to, was a vegan for a while, realized she could not hack it as a vegan, so she reintroduced fish, but that's it. Okay, so Griffin Nooms, on the record, hey, Daisy Ridley, anytime you want a Bronzino, it's on me. Sounds good. I don't want to brag, but uh, <laughs> I'm on a streaming TV show, so <laughs> we're both doing okay right now. That's true. You're the star of Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's like optioning things, you know, she's like a fucking mogul now. Yeah, well, I don't want to brag, but, uh. <laughs> you own her in three and three quarter inch plastic size? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with the resistance. <laughs> we get it. She's with the fucking resistance. Bronzino, baby, on the record. <laughs> Anything else? I'll just be a nice dinner. I'll just be a nice dinner. Nice Bronzino dinner. I want to compare notes. I feel like you need to see the movie again, obviously. Yeah, I do. What are your plans? See it again in, in a theater. <laughs> Great plan. I'll probably see it again this I weekend. I mean, do you have any? Yes. No, any, I don't. I don't have plans. like I don't have set plans right now. Um, but I'll, I'll see it again soon. Do you think this is our greatest episode ever? I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> We've also been on like a good run. That's the thing. And we were like, oh, here's a gimme going back to the well. Star Wars, we can't fail. And this has been a train wreck. <laughs> ben just ben has literally left the studio. It is now midnight. <laughs> New York City is on fire. I'm surrounded. It's snowing outside. I'm surrounded by merchandise I have no no place for in my collection. Like I have a Star Wars display, and this will be incongruous next to the rest of it. As I said, the scale is off. It's. Uh, I'm gonna put a fucking three and three quarter inch Ray next to a fucking six inch Lando. What a bad ending. 
It's a good, what a great movie. It's a good movie. A good ending. Where does it go in your rankings? Or do you need to see it again? I need to see it again. What are your rankings right now? Right now, I I'll tell you. Right now, my rankings are. I think I I literally go Star Wars. You go four. Empire Strikes Back. Five. Return of the Jedi. Six. Right. I cannot decide whether I place where this and Force Awakens uh-huh. are kind of neck and neck right now. Different reasons. Um. Uh. And then I go Phantom Menace. Wow. Rogue One. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Clones Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely, I know it's hacky, but it's like, yeah, this is number three. Uh, ahead of Jedi? Yeah. That's dumb. Nah. Jedi rules and it's for cool kids. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's for cool kids. No, this is a movie that just has actual things I'd never seen in a Star Wars movie before. And what I'm talking yeah. about, like over and over again, where it's like poeticism, like attention to like camera detail and design detail that I feel like has been lacking for, for you know even in like Force Awakens yeah which I think is a nice movie with cool robots and, and monsters and, and a movie that's uh, willing to take uh, a narrative cooler, risks uh, narrative risks moral stands comment on the world we're in today Ben's anger at the podcast is still going on thank you very much for listening <laughs> to this uh, postscript at the end of an episode I, I think we kept it kind of short this time for the postscript the episode itself was really short that's a good point the episode itself is really this is just bonus content. No one's listening this to this. This is just for Patreon subscribers. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so this is the longest postscript we've ever done. Wow, I think Ben's like pretending to be mad and failing and he's hey, just mad. Ben, can I give you a present? Do you want a red boy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he make likes you feel better. Boys. You like the red boy. Do Look, I get a toy? His sword cuts in half. Yeah. Do you want Kylo or do you want Ray? I think I want Kylo, even okay. though it's a tough choice. I like them both. Yeah. I mean, those are my faves. Uh, where's my... Yeah, see, look, now you guys love it. It's great time. I mean, Everyone's I just don't want fun. that insane apparatus. I'm not giving there. it to you. I want the apparatus. That's the only thing I do want. <laughs> because then you'll know who's in the resistance? Yeah, I'll tell you what I want. I want this apparatus, mm-hmm. and I want a Space Nisio. Because the only use for this apparatus is to be able to make Space Nisio talk. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I like the idea of I his mean, voice coming out of this. You don't like these? I mean, they're pretty cool. They're pretty solid. They're, they are kind of little. They're little. Yeah. I feel That's like a, my action figures when I was a kid, they were a little bigger than this. I, yeah. No, your hands are small. That is the classic Star Wars size, and right, lately okay. they've been making them bigger. Okay. But that is the old vintage Star Wars I never size. had a lot of Star Wars, though. I mostly had X-Men. Uh, oh, those were bigger. Figures. Those were five yeah, those inches. Were, those were, yeah. Look, you can get me started on scales. I can go deep into it. The industry is in turmoil right now. Hasbro buying Mattel would disrupt everything. They would own both DC and <sighs> Marvel, and it would be a big issue. So... I'm getting, getting a phone, phone call. call. <laughs> Who's calling? Uh, it's my landlord. Hopefully the heat's turned back on. I hope so. Uh, that would be a nice answer ending. It on- <laughs> yeah, yeah might as well. David, wrap up the episode. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, rate, review, and subscribe. Hey, yeah, Thanks hey, to Andrew Ferragudo for our social media. Uh, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Uh, Liam Montgomery recording the theme song. Uh, and uh, that's it, right, Ben? Oh, go to blankies.reddit.com for uh-huh. some real nerdy shit. And as always... Let's find out. Okay, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me know what that's going on. But I, I appreciate the amount of energy you're putting into this. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, and as always, I still don't have heat in my apartment.